Chris Evans was recently named People Magazine's 2022 Sexiest Man Alive, and since then, People Magazine has reported that Chris Evans has been in a committed relationship with Portuguese actress Alba Baptista, who's 25 years old, for over uh, a year. Uh, That's the story. That's it. That's the tweet. Oh, yeah, 14 seconds left. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, you know, I don't want to speak too much on it because I'm upset, but, you know, it is what it is. I'm, I'm happy he's happy. He hasn't answered any of my DMs, which is upsetting. <laughs> you want to see? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Ely, what the fuck? Oh, my gosh, Zach. We're back. We're back. Season which I have four. to say, I had coworkers. Actually, a couple of my coworkers have been hyping me up for the last few weeks because they're like, we need your podcast to come back. I need you to explain this to me. I need you to hear this. So I'm like, okay, you guys, we're back now. That's really sweet. No one's been hyping me up really except for myself, but that's okay. <laughs> Interesting. So before we, we have a couple of things to do. So this episode is mainly going to be catch up, mm-hmm. like, like the great catch up episode. Not catch up like the condiment, but catching up on stuff that we've, we've been gone for a minute. Missed. Yeah, it's been like two months pretty much. So yeah. there are things that have happened while we were gone that we want to talk about. So that's going to be most of the episode, but also a lot has happened in the last like mm, 10 days. So that'll also yeah. be some of the episode. Mm-hmm. And we have a little game, actually, it might turn into a big game that we're playing. <laughs> so excited. But before that, <laughs> What is what are some things that have happened to you over the last two months? Any notable things you want to discuss? Um, I survived the midterm elections, and um, I think we all did. Thanks we were you. actually <laughs> talking about that today, and we were like, "Oh, you know, we had this plan for like if everything went to shit, but we were like, everything <laughs> didn't go to shit." Which we'll talk about it later. But my coworker was like, "I don't think we need to do that anymore." <laughs> we were like, "Yeah." <laughs> Um, so that's good. I didn't not only survive, but I'm proud of and happy with some of the results. Um, I'm trying to think what else has happened in the last two months. Like, what have I done? I made my mac and cheese this weekend. That was a project. Um, I sweat a lot, <laughs> but, um, uh, what else? What's happened to me, Zach? I don't know. Um, I'm thinking <laughs> we had, you could talk about like our little Halloween going out affair. That was Yeah, we went out. <laughs> we went out. Yeah. As a unit, um, the three of us. Nick, me, Nick is Zach, third one. and Nick. Yeah. Um, we we did. We emerged from our apartments and we actually went out and saw the world. And then I got sick immediately after, of course, as I do. Okay, it's funny though, because it went by really quickly. I mean, I was definitely drunk, but I was like, I didn't think in advance that we were gonna be out as late as we were. And then you guys, we like were the, late. The Uber didn't drop you off slash us off until like 1 40 in the morning i was like how is it 1 40 in the morning we left at like dude 8 30 flies when you're like out yeah i know well we went out and then we went to a farm that was fun oh yeah the farm was fun the next day yeah mm-hmm. that was a good halloween weekend i think it even was. though absolutely no one recognized my costume you guys oh, the world or at least dc is filled with idiots because <laughs> 
<laughs> I had two people think I was Chef Boyardee and I wanted to scream. Oh, that's actually a good idea for a costume. No, it's not a good idea because Chef Boyardee is just a chef unless you like <laughs> stick ravioli to yourself or something. But people are stupid because Chef Boyardee, like if you know the lore, he wears a white hat and definitely doesn't oh, yeah. have a raccoon tail sticking out the back of his head. That's so uh yeah no one recognized yeah me zach had the idea to have like a game where we collect <laughs> how many compliments we all get and i think he wanted to like boost his own ego with that and then me and nick got like hella compliments i was, I was fully expecting to win and you guys i was humbled i got negative two <laughs> because of the wrong guesses nick won with like six. Oh my god so many people came was... up to nick but also nick was um accused of being jeffrey Dahmer at one point oh yeah no, so i don't funny. know if that cancels it so out. nick was dressed up as nathan fielder from the rehearsal you guys mm -hmm. and as soon as we step out the uber near the bar someone said is that jeffrey Dahmer?" because he was wearing a wig that was really funny but no he still got like five genuine he compliments did. so many nathan people came fielder. to him i was like okay can we stop well, it was a great costume and it yours was. was great too you got, you got like three or four right yeah i looked hot yeah, I got <laughs> just kidding. you did look hot you executed it very I feel like we all executed our costumes like very well it was hey I worked hard okay yeah so it, that was fun yeah that was fun I feel like that's that's a lot of what's been happening hmm. I have to agree I did go to what's Europe with Nick oh yeah uh, uh duh <laughs> we went to Lisbon Portugal and Barcelona Spain and that was very fun mm -hmm. uh it's impossible to say all the things we did, but if you want to like <laughs> peek at the at the visual aspect of it, I feel like I adequately covered it on my personal Instagram. Took some really cool pictures Ooh. that I'm proud of. Went to see some really cool things. I have to say I liked Lisbon a little bit more just because Barcelona had a lot more tourists than I was expecting. <laughs> it was a lot more like tourist <laughs> touristified than Lisbon was. And it's just yeah. a bigger city. So there's just more people in general. And it was really warm there and i think after lisbon in that was Barcelona? like a, yeah and oh. after lisbon that was kind of a hard shift because lisbon while it was it was rainy sometimes it was also like very firmly in the mid 60s while we were there oh shit so that was just like a nice temperature especially if you're walking around all day and like mm -hmm. walking up hills and shit yeah so yeah and lisbon had some just really beautiful pieces of architecture that i really liked but it was great we need to like have we need to bring the prices from there over here <laughs> like it's crazy that i can get a beer for two euros i can get a coffee for two euros or like less than that i know um that was really nice and then it was very not fun coming back to the state specifically we had a layover in newark on the way back and we were hungry and it's like jesus fucking christ this sandwich with fries is like 19 dollars. whoa <laughs> yeah that humbled me. I was like, oh, we're back. It's always the airport <laughs> shit. Yeah. Like, ugh. yeah. But it was really um, fun. I was going to say, you should share your anecdote about how, like, hearing people with foreign accents, like, out of context sounds fake because I had a similar experience at Friendsgiving. There was a British person um, that I was, like, chatting with. Oh, and yeah. at one point in the evening, she said, no. And it took <laughs> everything in my soul not to laugh because i was like no she's just talking like you can't laugh at her like that and it was like even when she was talking i was like stop it like <laughs> i think you're talking about the the one specific thing i told you where we were in barcelona and we were with nick has a friend because he the studied abroad in bar the school trip yeah oh yeah. there are two there were two things in barcelona yeah, yeah. you told me about okay. yeah yeah so one of them 
it was our last full day there and we went up um like facing facing the sea there's this fort up on a big hill it's like the highest point in barcelona is it i don't know it's up there it's high irrelevant and to the story. you go up there and there's a school group up there led by this british <laughs> woman and like that when they were coming up most of the they were like teenagers most of the teenagers like stopped and they were taking pictures of the sea but they you weren't quite at the highest point yet and the leader who was like this british woman she was like there will be more opportunities to take <laughs> pictures up ahead please this way children please like she sounded desperate for oh no reason <laughs> it was over the top and then later that day um since nick studied abroad in barcelona in college he has a couple of friends there and we met up with his friend eric oh for lunch and then he walked with us to the arc de triomphe because like every city in europe apparently has an arc de triomphe because lisbon had one too <laughs> Um, and Nick and I were posing for a picture and just off to the side somewhere, you hear this French woman shout, <clears throat> she goes, what is your problem? <laughs> and Eric and I were so upset that Nick did not have his live photos turned on because if he did, we would have caught that <laughs> oh moment. My God. It was so funny. And oh my God, I would have just, <laughs> I would have died. I would have just started hollering if I heard that, like just off to yeah. the side. I'm like, are you for real? <laughs> like, are you for real? <laughs> anyway, yeah, it was a great trip though. That's good. I'm glad you guys yeah. had a good time. That was like the big thing that happened to me. But um, anyway, you guys, we should move into this game we're going to play. Yeah, Zach so. has a lot of shit. Yeah, so I <laughs> parsed this little idea for a game because a lot has happened, like we said, since we've been gone. Ely has lots of pop culture things to touch on, and I saw uh, 22 films and TV shows while we were on break. And so Crazy. I thought, let's play this little game where we give ourselves 30 seconds apiece to try and cover something, and that's it. So yeah. I'm going to go first, going through all the films and TV shows I've watched, and I have 30 seconds max to give my thoughts. And when the 30 seconds is hit, Ely's going to be timing me. She's going to go mm -hmm. like, eh, and then I have to stop. And if Ely happens to have any like ancillary questions about something I said outside of the timer, I'm happy to answer them. And then that'll be that. And then it'll be Ely's turn. And she has this list of pop culture moments or events that she's going to try and like describe in 30 seconds and i will also yes. her if she hits time <laughs> and i will also ask ancillary questions if needed but we thought this would be an interesting way to blaze through the stuff we've missed um and i'm ready because this evening in celebration of our premiere i'm not drinking tea i have a beer oh i a actually beer? yeah i actually purchased alcohol from my apartment for like the first time in like five months um mm. It is a fruit punch IPA from Flying Dog. And it is. Oh, that sounds absolutely lovely. Pretty good. It doesn't taste like fruit punch. It just tastes like a fruit beer, but that doesn't mean it's not delicious because it is. That sounds amazing. Yeah. All right. So, I have 30 seconds on my timer. Okay. So I'm thinking maybe I should say start. Like, I'll tell you. How about this? How about I say the title and then I say start and you start the timer and then I go. Okay. And like I said, as soon as it hits 30 seconds, you got to make me make me aware okay okay hold on let me take a sip of water oh my god i'm really nervous <laughs> we're gonna start off with films okay okay and i'm starting with like the oldest one first so like the one i watched like right as our break started up into the most recent ones okay <laughs> okay so film number one resurrection go okay 
Uh, Rebecca Hall is incredible in this movie. She has a seven minute monologue at one point, which is absolutely riveting. The final shot is one of the best final shots of the year that I've seen. It's kind of hard to describe what it's about in 30 seconds, so I'm not going to do that. You can Google it. But I feel like people aren't talking about this film, and it's definitely a top 10 contender. I can't say enough good things about Rebecca Hall. And it's also, like, really unique. Like, there's not another plot like it, at least that I've seen. Eh, you're done. Oh, shit. Okay. I know. That wow. went by so much faster than I okay. thought it was going to. Wait, that actually makes me really <laughs> nervous, because I thought that was going to be one of the quick ones. <laughs> Okay. You're fucked. I'm going to have to be more concise. Do you have now any I'm questions? Now I'm nervous too because I feel like that would be <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to be able to cover Salad Gate. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Um, What well, was that one called again? Resurrection. Ooh, okay. These are all 2022 films and shows, by the way. Okay. Except I am, just because of like the experience, I am going to touch on two, two re-released films that I saw. Ooh, okay. But other than mean that, girls? they're all yes. No, actually, yes. <laughs> other than that, they're all 2022. So that's why I wanted to talk all right. about them. Okay. All right. So well, next on to the next. Next is the Woman King. Start. Okay. You guys, I don't get the hype. Call me racist if you want. I'm sorry. I don't get the hype. <laughs> the action scenes in this movie are incomprehensible, and the cinematography is very boring and like bland. Of course, Viola Davis, she's great. She's always great. I actually really like Lashana Lynch as well, but the story is just very telegraphed it doesn't hold white colonists to account at all in fact there's like a romance with one of them which was very weird to me in the context of what this film's trying to say but it was fine i just don't get that wow okay that one you had like three seconds left okay (laughs) okay you did good you did good you have any ancillary questions um i actually haven't seen this one yet but i was surprised to hear your review after you first saw it because i had some friends that also saw it and were like oh my god it's so good so maybe i need to see it for myself i don't know but i watched viola davis's hot ones interview and that was really good she said she wanted to beat sean evans's ass oh shit (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know it just was like very i think my expectations were set high yeah and it just wasn't really remarkable to me like it's really cool in terms of representation but it just wasn't very exciting and the stuff about like I get I get that like a film like this might not want to even like factor slavers and colonists into the equation. Yeah. But I feel like you kind of have to given the story. Like the story is about liberation. And so it just comes across as them like not holding white colonists like to account. Well, also which I feel is weird. like I think another thing too is that a lot of us are becoming desensitized to like the whole Oscar bait genre of yeah. films. And I feel like this was kind of one of them. Kind of, yeah. I think it'll be nominated for a couple things, but it won't win any of them. That's what I think. So it's that sort of I think of I would agree. Yeah. All right. Anyway, I'm ready to move on. This is a big right. one. Oh, my God. Okay. Ooh. Don't worry, darling. <laughs> okay, ready? Go. Okay. Florence Pugh saves this movie. Without Florence Pugh, it would be really bad. Trash. It lo- Oh, it also looks gorgeous. I will say that. But mm-hmm. the story is bad. And there are a bunch of like events that just are not explained, especially towards the end. Some shit makes absolutely no sense. The twist makes no sense. The ending is unsatisfactory. And Ely and I saw this with Nick and it was just a wild time. And yeah, we all left and we were like, what was that? Yeah. 
how many how right. many how much, oh, how much time you had like eight seconds on that one whoa i think okay. now you're starting to like learn yeah i'm starting to get um it. i have some comments as well if you wouldn't mind yes um, please this i agree with everything time. you said it's hard because i know a lot of people still haven't seen this movie so i don't want to give like major spoilers no don't do spoilers yeah no spoilers but i i cannot stress this enough the twist makes absolutely no sense um <laughs> And it leaves so much to be desired. Like at the end, we I could have come up with a list of maybe at least 25 questions that I had after <laughs> exactly. watching that movie that were not answered. And I would say this movie did a good job of like cutting the trailer to be like, like, oh, my God, yeah. what's happening? And then when you find out what's happening, it's like, OK, but then why did all the stuff that happened happen? Like what the twist or didn't justify what happened at all. Or it's 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 that, or it's just really lazy because like, it, God, it's hard to say this without without spoilers. But like, the thing kind of explains away what all those all those like visual things you see in the trailer, like her getting pressed against the glass and like the no egg. It's conveniently like you could just say like, oh, it's because of this, and that's why those things happen. You know, but it's the, like a cop see, out. But that was my thing though. Was that I was like, that doesn't really explain it though. Like to me, I was like, okay, yeah. but why did that happen to her? Like. That's true. And one thing above all, again, no spoilers, but there's something Gemma Chan's character does at the end of the movie <sighs> that like, I, I don't think I'm dumb. You guys, I no. literally cannot even begin to touch on why that happened and no. what it means. It was what not it explained means. whatsoever. And the, <laughs> it, it had no nowhere. impact. It could have <laughs> not no happened. Impact. And the movie would have resulted yeah. in the same. It came out of nowhere. Absolutely. It came out of left field. <laughs> and it, it, that action in itself opened up uh, so many more questions <laughs> it, did, it, did. it was like you could have just not had that and people would have maybe not had additional questions yeah oh I'm it was wild. disappointed because <laughs> olivia wilde's first movie was great but this yes. is not a good follow-up so no, we're gonna need to somebody on twitter said this is what happens when a white woman tries to write a jordan peele film and honestly Whoa. i haven't heard that take but that makes a lot of sense that's really <laughs> clever actually she saw get out and was like oh <laughs> what if we did that but with white people <laughs> let's call it white out yeah <laughs> okay let's move on okay the next film hocus pocus 2 go okay. Okay. okay i prepped myself for disappointment which was good on me because it, it wasn't as bad as it could have been <laughs> there's a scene in a walgreens which is absolutely hilarious and i think it's because it's like one of the only scenes that the actresses were allowed to improv i'm shocked that they did not bring in any of the original trio of kids not even for a cameo I'm shocked at that. And the new heroines are just like uninteresting and the story is uninteresting and it's not super funny. All right. You did that with seven seconds left. Wow. I'm seeing getting good. That was awesome. Yeah. You're getting really good. Um, I didn't watch Hocus Pocus 2, but I have to agree that it's insane to me that they didn't even try to bring anybody back for a cameo. I feel like that means they rushed it. Maybe. I mean, obviously they needed the witches, but yeah. So fun fact, you guys, Ely and I, Ely watched Hocus Pocus for the first time <gasps> yes, with I me. Did. It was so good. Now I understand. Now I understand yeah. why everybody loves it. Cause I did. I loved it. Yeah. It was funny. Cause I watched Hocus Pocus by myself before I watched two. And then I watched the original with Ely again, a few days after I watched two, I was like, yeah, two is not good, but I did show <laughs> her the Walgreens scene. Cause the Walgreens yeah, scene was funny. We did. That was actually funny. Okay, speaking of funny, right. next movie, 
Okay. Bros, go. Okay, this movie was fucking hysterical. There were so many bits that like had me in tears. Like gasping for air was so funny. <laughs> I did not like the leads together, like Billy Eichner and whatever that other guy is. And I feel like that's important for a rom-com. I have to like them, but whatever. But I did love, they were able to integrate queer history into the plot of this mainstream Hollywood movie because Billy Eichner's character works for LGBT History Museum. And I think that's really cool and important. I'm, I'm done. Oh, wow. Okay. Did you see that one? You had seven seconds left. I see. I'm getting good at this. Super good at this. Any questions about bros? It was so funny. We're going to talk about it a little bit later. Spoiler alert. There's a Jodie Foster joke in the movie that had me on the floor. It was so funny. I think I I saw a TikTok of that scene and I was like, okay, now I get what Zach is talking about. And there's also, I don't want to spoil it. There's a celebrity cameo. Let's just say they're friends with Billy Eichner, which was also hysterical anyway moving on moonfall go okay this is exactly what i want from a roland emmerich movie he's a disaster movie guy he makes stupid ass disaster movies and i love him for that there's a plot reveal towards the end of the second act which is fucking bonkers and i loved it because i love when especially like big budget movies make these weird ass decisions and they just go for it and of course the movie is about like climate change and I kind of dig that, mm. but it was just fun and stupid and Halle Berry's in it. So Ooh, okay, yeah, I'm done. Nice. How many seconds were left? That one you had like five seconds left. Oh, okay. I'm guessing you don't have any questions about Moonfall. This one I watched on streaming, but it did come out oh. this year. It did come out this How year. How dare so. you? How dare you stream? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> anyway, next movie, Pearl. Go. Okay, I did not see X, you guys. I still kind of want to watch it because that's the that's the original film and Pearl's the prequel, of course. But Mia Goth kills it in this movie. She's the reason to see it. Uh, there's another long monologue in this movie. It's about five minutes long, but it's in one shot. And it's one of the best scenes of the year. And she kills it, like legitimately worthy of awards consideration for this movie. And I also love how they were able to make it, make it look like it came out in like 1962 with its like Technicolor vibe. It was good. I liked it. Oh, that one's loud. You didn't oh. hear my alarm? No. Oh, okay. I've been Any like holding it close to the about mic, Pearl. So nope. We can go to the next. Okay. I'm glad you enjoyed next it. Next film. Do revenge. Go. Okay. This movie is surprisingly entertaining. I feel like every Netflix movie that's not like an awards movie is shit. So this was a nice surprise. There were twists in the plot. I did not see coming. The chemistry between the two leads. Um, Ethan Hawke's daughter and the chick from Riverdale. Ethan Hawke's daughter. Yeah, Maya Hawke. Yeah, her. Um, it was great. It's kind of like Heather's, but for Gen Z. And the soundtrack is great. And the costumes are great. And I think it was fun. Awesome. You had yeah. five seconds left. Wow. Um, I do have some comments on this one. I haven't I uh-huh. haven't seen it, but I have seen things from it. And I have to agree, costumes are phenomenal. Great. The chemistry yes. between Maya Hawk and Camila Mendez is awesome. They're super cute together. And I just saw a video where somebody cut together a bunch of scenes from that movie that are like nods to other like really popular like teen rom-com movies. And I feel like they did such a good job with that. Like that's and they're they're, like kind of subtle. Like if you don't know, you like wouldn't really tell. But then once you know, you're like, that's awesome. So I like when movies do that, when they like pay homage to the to the OG. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of there's specifically a lot of teen films that like to do that. But it's like there's no substance. Like it's all homage. But I feel like this was the perfect balance of homage, but also doing its own thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I really feel yeah, like it's doing plot, its own thing. It has its own voice. I, I saw the trailer and the plot actually sounds really interesting. I have to watch it. I need, I, I do want to watch it. I think you would like it. 
<clears throat> anyway, right. moving on. Next movie, Lyle Lyle Crocodile. Oh, hell no. <laughs> okay. Go. Okay, you guys. <laughs> I was a little drunk when Nick and I saw this movie, but I genuinely had no idea what was going on. The plot is incomprehensible. Okay, you guys, we thought Sean Mendez would speak as Lyle, like Lyle would have a voice. He does not talk in this movie. He only sings. And it's just Sean Mendez's voice pouring out of this animated crocodile. It was wild. I really thought this could have like Clifford potential, but it wasn't. It was bad. And it was it was like kind of fun bad, but only because I had alcohol in my system. That's it. <laughs> awesome. You did that in exactly 30 seconds. Wow. Okay. You got any questions about Lyle Lyle? Crocodile? No, I would like to move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. What was oh, we saw a poster for it in Barcelona and I it was like across the square. And I said, Nick, we have to go take a picture with that because oh the God. Spanish title. Hold on. Let me I want to make sure I get this right. So hold on. Let me. I just want to hear you speak Spanish. <laughs> it's so funny because they they still got it to rhyme. And I just thought it was really cute. Okay, hold on. Spanish Lyle Lyle Crocodile. Okay, the the Spanish title is Lilo, mi amigo, el cocodrilo. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it That's was a so wild silly. time. Okay, next movie. Kimmy, Go. Okay, I watched this on the plane on the way back from Spain. That rhymes. Ooh, oh, um, it that came rhymes. out earlier this year on HBO Max before they took it off. Uh, but I really liked it. We need more movies that are short and sweet. This is less than 90 minutes. Zoe Kravitz has this like walk in the movie. I'm not going to explain why she has this walk, but it's so fucking funny. And I thought like the conspiracy elements of it were really interesting. And again, short and sweet. We need more short and sweet movies. Like, please. Preach. Yeah. All right. Was that short and sweet, my description? It was. You still had six seconds left. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, okay. Do you have any questions about Kimmy? I'm guessing not. No. Okay. This next one's going to be really hard for 30 seconds. You have okay, to. Let me get some water. Okay. <laughs> okay. Next movie. Tar. Go. Okay. You guys. Kate Blanchett ate this shit up. I would not even be mad if she wins her Oscar over Michelle Yeoh because she was fantastic. This is one of the best character studies I've ever seen. The movie is two hours and 40 minutes long. I could have watched it for another half hour. It was just so well written and so well acted. And Lydia Tarr, she has these like dreams and hallucinations throughout the film that are so haunting. It was like really disturbing. And I thought about it for a few days. It was just like subtly haunting. Oh, fantastic eh. movie. Any questions about I Tar? love movies that make you think about things um for like days like days afterwards and then you're like shit. There's a scene, I don't think this is a spoiler, because I'm not alluding to like what the big conflict of the film is. But when I say hallucinations, I more mean like her paranoia over something she thinks is coming back to her is like playing out in the scene. And there's this one scene earlier in the film where she's jogging and she hears a woman screaming in the woods. And I don't know, just the way it was done, it was like haunting. Like you get like, she's like freaked the fuck out. Like she thinks this is happening and it could be like, there could be someone screaming in the woods and the scene just ends and we don't come back to that. But like, I love that because she's like mm. haunted. Um, Kate Blanchett is so good in this movie. I oh do also God. really want to see this. And I, I watched her hot ones, by the way. You did? Isn't she I funny? Wanted, Wait, it I was wanted to hear funny her talk when, about she the started, movie. when she started going yeah. like this. And people were making so many jokes on Twitter about her. That's funny. With their hands. <laughs> no, but I want to. Yeah. 
I was I liked the interview. I think she did a good job talking about when when she did talk about the movie. I know that they asked her other questions, but yeah, I wanted to I was seeking out interviews after I saw the film because I was like, I want to hear Kate Blanchett talk about this performance, like how she did this. So that's what led me to the hot ones, which is really interesting and funny. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, next one's gonna be tricky because like my viewing experience is hard to describe in 30 seconds. So I'm kind of I'm gonna need you to ask me about that after I'm done. <laughs> um as a leading question but anyway next film is is till okay go okay so till is like perfectly fine it's like well made whatever daniel deadweiler is really great as emmett till's mother i could see why she's getting like oscar talk i like how they didn't show the killing of emmett till because it's not about like the event it's about like what happened afterwards and beforehand um but i did leave this movie early and i never do that but i need you to ask me why i left early (laughs) Okay. Um, you had seven seconds left on that, okay. but I will ask you, Zach, tell us why you left the movie early. Okay. So I was sitting down for the film. Uh, it was right after we got back from Europe. So I had a day off. So seeing it in the middle of the day and it was like, I would say it was like maybe 40% full, but right as the movie was starting after the trailers, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to make like a specific assumptions, but I'm going to assume that this guy was like neurodivergent in some way. And he came in with who I'm going to assume is like, a guardian you know what i'm talking about like like mm-hmm. i don't think or like a I companion mean, yeah yeah like a companion i do not think they were family uh one was white one was black i know white black people can be family that's not why i'm saying that it's because <laughs> of the behavior which i'll tell you in a second so that happened and like the the neurodivergent guy in question he had a couple of ticks that just like made the viewing experience uncomfortable and guys it's not like it made it uncomfortable because it's Till. And so when he had a couple of ticks that where he would like yell, like, what? Or like, ah, he would do that over and over again. But like when it's a movie about what happened to Emmett Till, it's very uncomfortable. Like when there's like, they don't show the killing, but they show his mother looking at his body. Mm-hmm. And so when this guy, when his ticks are going off, it was just like, ah. And then also during that scene where they show his body, there's a white woman in front of me in the row in front of me. And all of a sudden she speaks up and like out loud, you guys, she's like, oh no. Oh, that poor boy. Oh also, my God. Like what? I think it's important to note that if you don't know like the full story about Emmett Till, oh, just yeah. know that like his mom purposefully at like made sure his funeral was open casket so that people could see what happened to him like on yeah. purpose. So like, I'm not going to go into detail about what happened to him, but just if you are curious and want to look up what happened to him, just know that his mom purposefully made his funeral open casket so that people to make people uncomfortable and upset because like they should be. Yeah. And again, like I like the, how the film made that choice because she mm-hmm. wanted that to be shown. The film shows it and it's not like it's not like exploitative. But anyway, the white lady was going off. And then when there's like 45 minutes of the movie left, the Guardian of this guy like passes out starts snoring they're in the same row as me so it's very audible he's snoring um so that's happening and then when he wakes up about like 20 minutes later he excuses himself he tells his companion i'm gonna go to the bathroom so this neurodivergent guy is in the theater by himself and i felt bad because like 10 minutes passes this guy is still not back he's like decked out and I think, like, are you shitting? Like, why are you gone for 10 minutes? And all of a sudden, like, this guy starts having, like, I'm just going to call it an episode where he's making a bunch of noise. And I was just, like, my levels had been reached at that point. And I'm like, 
I cannot enjoy the film any longer. And it's kind of been hard up to this point with all the distractions. So I need a very adult decision to just leave. So I left with probably like 15 minutes of the movie left. I probably should have just stayed since it was only 15 minutes, but I didn't get the full scope of the film, but I'm glad I saw it. And like, I'm aware of it, you know, and it was mm -hmm. good, but it wasn't like anything groundbreaking to me. Yeah. So that's my story. Anyway, let's move on. Next film, okay. Hell, Hellraiser. Go. Okay, so this is the Hellraiser that came directly to Hulu. It's a reboot of a franchise I've never seen before, so I have no familiarity. But I thought it was good. The creatures, the Cenobites, they're genuinely very frightening. And, like, the characters you actually care about, and specifically the main character who's played by Odessa Azion, she was fantastic. And her story of, like, addiction kind of melded really well with the horror story that was happening. And I thought it was really good. It was really good. Okay. Look Any at that. Questions? Three seconds to spare. Oh, really? Any questions about Hellraiser? Um, no questions. Okay, we're getting towards the end. We just got <laughs> a few more films. Um, Black Adam. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Go. Okay, this movie was bad. Um, <laughs> I'm also really sick of movies that revel in killing. Like, Black Adam kills a lot of people, but we're supposed to be like, yeah, he killed them. Good. Like, how awesome he killed them. It's like... <laughs> Why are we cheering for this? And also, yeah. I'm sick of Dwayne Johnson just because he ha he has no range. He is the same in every movie, basically. <laughs> he does, like, the cocked eyebrow thing. I'm over it. It's bad. It was bad, you guys. Oh, my God. Okay, this is interesting to note because I love Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I agree mm. he does have no range. But I think his best performance to date is probably as Maui and Moana. Oh, my God. <laughs> But I love him. Um, and Zach and I have been joking about how every single post that he has made about this um, <laughs> movie on his Instagram, he will remind you that it has been a project 15 years in the making. Um, so don't just don't forget that. It took them 15 years to make this shitty ass movie. Yeah, this will definitely be on the worst list. It was bad, you guys. <laughs> Not even fun bad. It was just... Uh... Anyway, <laughs> next film. This is also going to be hard for 30 seconds. All right. Armageddon Time, go. Okay, so I thought this movie was really fascinating because it goes against what we expect from like this sort of movie from Hollywood because it's not a nostalgic look into, into childhood. It's actually about how like childhood wounds and generational failure can really fuck you up and leave like guilt into your adulthood. And it's also about like what in America led us to Trump. It ends with the election of Reagan and it kind of, and actually Fred Trump and Marianne Trump make appearances in this film, like the characters, briefly. Um, and I also thought it was subversive because it's about, <clears throat> fuck, are you kidding? No, you're done. Next. You want to know what it's subversive about? <laughs> okay, you're manipulating the rules of the game now. You're right. You can tweet about it later. It was good. It was really great, you guys. I loved it. <laughs> anyway, the next film. Okay. Banshees of Inisherin, go. Okay, this is the exact type of movie that I think is objectively really good, but I just don't personally have passion for it. Um, I, I I never knew where it was going though. It was like very unpredictable, and I like that. And if Colin Farrell gets his Oscar because people are talking about that, I wouldn't be mad. And I love the Irish accents. And in fact, it was actually kind of hard to understand at some points because it's <laughs> Irish, you guys. <laughs> Subtitles would have been nice, but um, yeah, that's it. Okay, wow. Um, I kind of felt I I I that's like the one thing about seeing movies in the theater now. Um, because I've turned into a big subtitle girl. Me too. Sometimes I'll be like, <laughs> What? 
Yeah, me too. <laughs> okay. Last movie, 2022 movie, before I get into a quick special screenings talk. Dash cam, go. Okay, I thought this movie was good, short and sweet, creepy, but the protagonist is like this like conservative, anti-vax, anti-mask, Trumper woman. And I was like, oh, this will might this is an interesting choice. And then I found out she's basically playing herself. Like this is a real woman, like purse, she's like a musician who's really like this. And I was like, what are you trying to say? And oh then I hated God. the movie. <laughs> I was like what choice is this it was so bizarre <laughs> oh my god okay great okay um do you want to time my mean girls and avatar talk or can i just say really quick things about them you can just say really quick things. About okay so i went to go see the avatar imax 3d re-release and i'm really glad i did because it was actually really cool um i'm shocked how well those special effects hold up it's been 13 years it looked great I was shocked. I was into it. And I was kind of like, oh, I'm ready for Way of Water. Like, Way of Water is oh. over three hours long, but I'm like, I'm going to go and I'm going to see it in IMAX. Because yeah. it Morgan, looked incredible. Morgan and I were talking about it. Like, when we were actually at Wakanda Forever, she, like, leaned over when the trailer was playing and she was like, I don't care about this movie. And I was like, okay, I thought I was crazy for, like, not really caring that much, but, like, <laughs> I don't really care that much either. Well, I, I can't wait to see how it does box office-wise because I think, actually, it's a weird franchise where it's the highest-grossing movie of all time, but, like, no one talks about it. And yeah. now the sequel's coming out 13 years later. I know. I am very curious to but... see how it does because um, Morgan thinks it's going to flop, and I'm like, I think it might too. But and I probably won't even go opening weekend. I'll probably go like a weeknight after opening weekend. You know Ooh, what I mean? Oh, okay. Well, I guess we'll have to see. But yeah, the re-release school and I saw six minutes of footage from the sequel at the end. <laughs> and it did look really cool, you guys. Wow. It looks cool. Like I thought I was like, they won't be able to do this again with the visuals, and they they did. They did it again. So that was cool. And then you and I saw Mean Girls we on October 3rd. Girl that was such a fun experience that no one was there there was only like two other people in the theater yeah and it was if that it was was also like a five dollar ticket was a special price and we're like why is not more people here i mean it was a monday night but still still make time for it i it was such a fun experience too because it's like that movie came out when we were kids so we probably didn't see it in the theater so i was like this is great like i get to watch this movie on the big screen Yeah, it was really fun. We we drank a little bit beforehand, yeah, quoted the lines. I guess that to... was the benefit of not having anyone in the theater. We could like laugh as loud as we wanted to. Yeah. Like... Well, I was going to say, I wonder if it would have been more fun with with like a full theater of fans. That's true. But... Have you seen those videos of people that go to the Twilight marathons where they show every Twilight yes, movie in and the I theater? Go to one, I would go I, to it one looks so, so fun. It, does it looks look so, so fun because everybody's like, yeah, hyped up about it, like reciting some of the iconic lines with the characters. Yeah. Like, <laughs> And I've never really been to something on that level. I think the closest thing was when I went to Donnie Darko 15th anniversary screening. Hmm. There was some of that kind of just like with famous lines but it wasn't like a rowdy screening and i would actually love to go to a rowdy screening for something like a twilight or mean girls or something like that yeah so it was fun okay i have three quick tv shows you can time me for these two okay and then i'll be done Okay. all right heartbreak high go 
Okay, so this is a remake of a Australian show from the 90s, but it has nothing to do with it. I don't know what led me to the show, but I fell in love with it. I love the cast of kids, and they actually cast kids, like 18, 19-year-olds with barely any acting credits. And there's some legitimately well-depicted issues here. Like, the last episode is intense. Like, there's some, like, trauma going on there. Nope. This character with autism that's done really well. And I'm so happy because it got a season two. And the soundtrack is fucking incredible. They got some big songs oh, for this show. Some bangers. Some bangers. Oh, I don't know how. That's your but timer. Okay. I love that show. Good job. Surprisingly so. Okay, next show. <laughs> okay. The Staircase. Go. Okay. Colin Firth and Tony Collette, of course, acted the shit out of the show. And I love the themes. I wrote them down just to make sure I didn't fuck it up. So, like, truth is not truth. It's just whatever story is told the best. I thought that was really interesting. And the idea mm -hmm. that justice can be a really destructive force was also really interesting and kind of like a daring theme. And the show was really good at saying objective because of course people don't know what actually happened with Michael Peterson, but it stayed objective. And it was just really interesting. Wow. I loved it. All right, that's time. Okay, and last thing isn't, it's like a show, not a show. I don't know. Let's talk about it. Werewolf by Night. Oh, okay. Okay. I wish that they actually developed this into a, a full film or even like a 90 minute, like short and sweet film hmm. because it was really good. And aesthetically, it was really cool. I know they shot it digitally and converted it to black and white, but it still looked cool. And it was surprisingly very violent, especially at the end, like shit I never thought Disney would do, like blood spurts. Ooh, yeah. Disney. And Elsa Bloodstone is a cool ass character and I hope she comes back somewhere, maybe like the Blade movie. She's fucking cool. I loved her. Mm, okay. I do really want to watch that one. It was good. Yep. Woo! I did Congrats. it. Congrats. That was a lot. And, but yeah, it was fun. And I did it. And now you guys know all my thoughts on things. <laughs> um, okay. Let me get your timer up and running for your pop oh my culture God, stories. I'm so nervous. I'm not going to be able to talk about some of this stuff in 30 seconds. Well, you're gonna have to try. Okay. So do the same thing I did where you, you just give like a log line to what it is and then I'll hit start. Tell me when to go. Yeah. <clears throat> Hold on, let me get some water. <laughs> All right. First up, we're going to talk about Salad Gate. Go. Yeah. Okay. Salad Gate comes from the story that happened in the Daily Mail where Jason Sudeikis and Olivia Wilde's nanny released a ton of tea on what happened when they got divorced. And the term Salad Gate comes from the fact that <laughs> Olivia Wilde made a special salad dressing that she used to only make for her and Jason romantically for Harry Styles. And because of that, he threw himself in front of her car to keep her from leaving. And it was psychotic <laughs> and insane. That's Salad Gate. <laughs> Wait. You actually did a really great job with that. I was worried for you, but you had five seconds left. Oh my God. I'm, my heart is pounding. Okay, wait, <laughs> really quick. Breathe. I want to say that after this story uh, came out, Jason and Olivia released a joint statement saying that it wasn't true. And then Olivia posted the salad dressing recipe on her Instagram story. Girl. Crazy. Girl. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't really have any questions because you, I think you really <gasps> did that. I Thank you. I've been, I've been practicing <laughs> in my head. <laughs> Um, okay. If you have any questions, you can just DM me. Okay. <laughs> What's the next one? Okay. The next story is headlined, white people have finally canceled Kanye. Okay. Go. 
Okay, Kanye recently tweeted that he wants to go DEFCON 3 on Jewish people and that he can't be anti-Semitic because all Black people are Jewish, which, okay. Um, and so after that, apparently that was the last straw, even though Kanye has been harassing and tormenting the Black community for years at this point, and including wearing a Life White, White Lives Matter shirt with Candace Owens. That was the last straw for white people. So now he's been dropped by Adidas, losing his billionaire status. Balenciaga, <laughs> his talent agency, and MRC Studio is shelving a fully completed documentary they made about <clears throat> that was it okay well good job you got close i i I did hear something oh god it was two guys i think they're podcast hosts but they blocked kanye and candace owens ability to sell white lives matter shirts because they they own the trademark (laughs) and i love that i think that's really clever yes the only downside to that was that um what he did with the made t-shirts that he can't sell he gave them to the homeless on skid row which is like okay fine but now all these homeless people are unknowingly wearing white lives matter t-shirts which could like potentially put them in danger and so it's like okay dude he's a shit human being i'm 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 sorry it took so long but i'm so glad that he's gone over it yeah yeah the only thing that's been like funny to me to watch is that like Y'all weren't mad when he said all this stuff about black people. And now all of a sudden it's like he went for the ethnic white people. And it was like, <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny when like someone of this magnitude gets quote unquote canceled, because then all these articles come out about like stuff they've said in the past. It's like, oh, this is really awful stuff. <laughs> Why is this just happening now? <laughs> But you're right. I guess black women don't matter. So Apparently that's why not. it didn't happen Nobody before. Nobody gives a shit. Yeah, whatever. All <laughs> anyway. Right. What's next? So the next one is Selena Gomez says that Taylor Swift is her only friend in the industry. Oh, shit. Okay. Go. Okay. So Selena Gomez recently did a documentary on Apple TV Plus. So if you want to watch it, it's on Apple TV. But basically the biggest headline that's come from this documentary is that she said in the documentary, Taylor Swift is her only friend in the industry, even though her quote unquote best friend Francia literally gave her her kidney. And so Mm -hmm. all of this stuff has been coming out. And Francia actually commented on an Instagram post about this saying interesting with the like eyes looking to the side emoji and so people are like speculating that they have had a falling out even though like she literally gave selena gomez her kidney so that's kind of fucked up oh that is fucked up yeah um i saw a clip from that where she got very upset after she had an interview with some lady i forget what she asked her but she was upset and she was like oh she was like mad about the questions that they asked i think she was mad because she was she was asking like what happened i think she was asked something along the lines of what happens like when your work dries up or something or something like that and she was like well i'm going to go into philanthropy like i it was something like that but i felt bad for her when i saw that clip but that's interesting i did not hear about that drama so i will say like selena gomez has been through a lot so this isn't really like to to shame her and honestly i think the statement what she meant by the statement was that like taylor swift is her only friend in the music industry but I feel like if you're making a documentary, like you really just need to be careful about what you're saying on camera because like yeah. a comment like that, yeah, is opening up a lot of like weird stuff. And people have been speculating that her and Francia have had a falling out for like years now. Like they haven't been spotted together. They don't talk to each other. Like it's kind of weird. Mm. Um, and then the fact that she like commented on the Instagram post, people were like, oh, <laughs> and she wasn't even mentioned at all in the whole documentary. That is interesting. Hmm. Yeah, like she literally gave you a kidney. And then, wait, this is the interesting thing. People were talking about like on Reddit, like the process of the like kidney transplant. And apparently this is kind of fucked up on the doctors 
the doctors called Selena, who needed the kidney, and told them that her and Francia were a match before they told Francia that her and Selena were a match. So basically, that puts like pressure on Francia to agree to the surgery because Selena's like already excited about it. Yeah, what? like how do you say no to that? Like how do you say no if your friend calls you and you're like, oh my god, we're a match? Like you can give me your kidney? Like, oh, That's I don't want to. fucked up. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. There's wow. So much drama, you guys. Let's move on. What's next? The next is Tom Brady and Giselle's divorce has been finalized, marking the end of an era. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> okay, ready? Yeah. Go. Okay, so if you don't know, Tom Brady is a famous football player who was retired last year for 49 days until he uh, randomly announced that he was unretiring and coming back to play. <laughs> and after he did that, people had been speculating that there was a falling out in him and Giselle's marriage because, like, there was just um, like she apparently wanted him to stay retired to spend more time with the family because she had expressed that she's had difficulties raising their family all on her own and that he's been an inconsistent partner. But he was adamant on staying in football. So they got divorced. <clears throat> and I guess that's it. OK, wait, modifying question. And what? <laughs> they got divorced and i have a theory that he's been playing like shit this season because Gel giselle oh. is a witch if you guys don't know she's ah. like actually a witch and i feel like she cursed him ah. oh i think she's kind of iconic so that's interesting. oh i'm really happy for her <laughs> i saw oh, like a satirical okay. news we article. approve of her witchiness oh yeah i saw a satirical news article that said yes girl boss this woman just <laughs> fired her husband <laughs> <laughs> one thing i'll never forget about giselle is that um because she's brazilian of course um during the rio de janeiro opening ceremony for the summer olympics in 2016 she had her like quote final i'm doing air quotes you guys her final runway walk across like the whole arena <laughs> and it was kind of like and when i say kind of i mean like really iconic and then, like, she's walked since then. Like, it was not a final walk of any sort. The funny thing <laughs> is that I bet that, like, took forever and it started to get awkward after a minute. No, like... I, no, it's it's so, it's iconic and funny because it is a long walk, you guys. <laughs> but it, it happened. I love her. She's so, so beautiful. And I think she's going to thrive now that her and Tom Brady are separated so and also never forget that she when she tried to act um she was the villain in that queen latifah movie from 2004 called taxi oh, where queen latifah that. was a taxi driver and giselle bunchen led a group of like model bank robbers yeah look that one up <laughs> if you want to if you want to <laughs> shock i think jimmy fallon was also in that movie oh my god okay <laughs> yeah it's bad anyway what's next <laughs> Okay, the next one is all the girlies want Negroni Spagliatos with Prosecco oh, in it. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Go. Okay. <laughs> Internet bisexuals are obsessed with House of Dragon star <laughs> Emma Darcy describing their favorite drink to co-star Olivia Cook in a promo video that was released by HBO on TikTok where they say their favorite drink is a Negroni Spagliato <laughs> with Prosecco in it. <laughs> you did that And really it well. went absolutely nuts viral and everybody's been requesting Negroni Spagliatos now like at bars and stuff. So <laughs> we did it. <laughs> you done? Yeah, that was it. But- that that person is not they're in a relationship with a man right and people are disappointed no i don't i don't know oh that's what i heard um I my favorite part of that whole thing was olivia cook going oh stunning, oh, stunning. <laughs> <laughs> she's so cute i love when she's oh stunning yeah. <laughs> i actually have a gif of her saying that i'm saved under my computer and the the name it's saying under is oh stunning <laughs> It's funny because I kind of thought Olivia Cook's moment like ended like 
four or five years ago, but apparently she's back because I back. remember she was in this really great movie called Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, which mm, I think I've seen that actually. It, she was really good in that. And then she was in Ready Player One where she wasn't oh. that good. And then I thought she oh. just went away, but she's back. She's in House of the Dragon now yeah. and she's done. Wow. I haven't watched it, but I was going to say. Okay. What's okay, next? you ready? Yeah. Adam Levine's DMs went viral. Oh God, I forgot about this. You guys ready? Yeah. I'm only gonna read one of them because okay. it's just like too cringy to 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 listen to, but I'll I'll give a little a little story backstory. Okay, ready? Yep. Go. Oh. Okay, so y'all know Adam Levine, world famous wife guy. He married to a Victoria's <laughs> Secret model. He cheated on his wife while she was pregnant. Trash. He didn't like have a physical relationship, I guess, but he was DMing this woman, Sumner Stroh, for over a year saying shit like, I may need to see the booty and <laughs> fuck. <laughs> while his wife was pregnant. Um, <laughs> and basically, the girl Sumner posted a video, a like, confession style on TikTok and like tried to play victim in the situation, which was really weird. But she released all of his DMs <clears throat> and they're super creepy. <laughs> yeah, that was I forgot all about that. That shit is fucked up. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Though. And of course, it spawned like the discourse of everyone. I'm like, I'm kind of tired of the discourse, you guys, especially oh, with shit like more, this. I have more on the discourse. It's it like just the whole like, you know, of course, people being like, why do we attack mistresses? Blah blah. It's like I don't, I don't care. Oh, oh, care. okay. That's what you're saying. That yeah, sort of that's thing. kind like, of annoying. Takes. Um, it's like she really was like, I was new to LA, guys. Like I didn't know better. And it's like you didn't know not to sleep with someone who's publicly married. I don't know. I mean, here's the thing: because it's like I really don't. I think I've talked to you about this. Like for the most part, don't get me wrong. This is fucked up, but I really do not care about like affairs because it's not. It's not like illegal or like problematic. Well, it's problematic well, in no, a certain it's way. Not illegal, but it's just I'm kind of like, I I get upset when everyone acts like it's like a war crime. That's what I mean by the discourse. I'm like, you guys well, need to just calm down a little bit. <laughs> here's the thing. I feel like it upsets me because I, as a woman, I feel like women are always expected to be the stable ones in the family. Are always expected to stay home with oh, the yeah. kids and are always expected to like be the strong like rock in the family and then the uh, same thing with fucking giselle and tom brady like he didn't cheat but it's like his wife this entire time he's been off like doing his thing in his career his wife has been the one that's been expected to stay home make sure their family's running okay raise their children while he's able to just do nothing and it's like it angers me like you know i got super upset when this happened and the next story i'm going to talk about happened back to back Ooh. two wife guys cheating on their wives with children and apparently this is like a phenomenon like a lot of men cheat on their wives while their wives are pregnant and to me that's like the absolute most fucked that up thing fucked you can up, do yeah. like it's not illegal sure but it's like do you realize what you're doing to children who didn't ask for this didn't ask to be brought into this world like you're completely fucking them up for life that's like, true you that's have to understand point. the ramifications of your silly little relationship that you had like, it's not a joke. This is like people's lie, like kids. So it irritates me. And then again, it always falls on the wife to be the one that's like able to just get through it. And it's like, can men act right for once? Like, I think on top of that, I'm just like so fed up with men in general. And then like this stuff happens and it's like, you want me to find a husband? Your uh, society expects me to find one of those? No, <laughs> absolutely not. I will not. That's a really okay. good point, actually. You made your point very well. I have to say, I'm, it just it it really gets on my nerves. It's like I it, it keeps it happening, and I'm I sick understand, of it. I understand why it irritates you specifically more. 
Yeah. So. Thank you. And that being said, you ready for the next one? I was wondering. Oh, I'm ready for the next one. I think you, I think, you know, you know, I think everybody's been waiting for this one. All right. Okay. The, the next title is wife guy slash former try guy met Ned is exposed for having an affair. You ready? Yep. Go. Okay. Okay. (laughs) If you don't know the try guys, they're former Buzzfeed members that went like solo and they have like a really famous YouTube channel where they make little hee hee ha ha videos, whatever. Um, one of the try guys, Ned, is like famously a wife guy. He always talks about how much he loves his wife. Well, recently he was photographed making out with someone that works for the try guys. Ooh. And then after that, I guess behind the scenes, the try guys went all HR and investigated and found out that he had been in a relationship with this girl for over a year. And so then they exposed his ass on the internet <clears throat> and then he tweet. Oh, fuck. I was going to read his tweet. <laughs> Well, I can ask you what what were some of his tweets? <laughs> okay, this he tweeted a, you know rules. how celebrities do the famous notes app statement. He did oh, that, yeah. and let me just read this like sickening line that just pissed me off even more. Are you ready? Ooh, this is the yeah. first line of the of the notes <laughs> app apology. This it was like he should have just stopped typing after this. He shouldn't even <laughs> have posted it, but whatever. He said, mind you, him and his wife have one have a uh, I think two boys together. Family should have always been my priority, but I lost focus and had a consensual workplace relationship. Like, shut up. Why did you have to say <laughs> it like that? Why the fuck did you have to say it like that? What is the fact? Uh, just a suggestion that you have to focus on your marriage in order for like love to work. Like, Seriously. What? Like, what the fuck? I lost focus. No, you're just a dickhead. And, and also, then- I feel like straight men. Uh, uh, straight married men a lot of time and just like i, I want to say married people but a lot of straight married men they make it seem like marriage like being married to their wives that presumably it's such they a love it's such a burden oh yes my God. Exactly. it's not funny it's not cute no. and it's again it always falls on the wife to be the one that loves more that works harder and does better that's in the true. relationship and that's so fucking unfair yeah so this one, you guys, this one really got to me. I was pissed about it for days. I was like, you <laughs> fucking piece of shit. <laughs> He's all like, hee hee, ha ha. And then afterwards, people started sending like stuff to Dumois. And they were like, wait, like six months ago, I saw Ned and Alex having dinner at this place in New York. And they like just didn't think anything of it. But now they're like, oh, my God, they were literally out having this relationship like publicly. Like, that's mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. reckless. Like, oh, God. <laughs> OK, let's move on. OK. We, I have two stories left. Two left? Okay. Mm-hmm. The next one is Chris Evans is officially off the market. <gasps> I did not hear about this. this All right. Me. Okay. Ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go. Okay. Okay. Chris Evans was recently named People Magazine's 2022 Sexiest Man Alive. And since then, People Magazine has reported that Chris Evans has been in a committed relationship with Portuguese actress Alba Baptista, who's 25 years old, for over uh, a year. Oh. Uh. That's the story. That's it. That's the tweet. Oh, you have 14 seconds left. I know. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, you know, I don't want to speak too much on it because I'm upset, but, you know, it is what it is. I'm, I'm happy he's happy. He hasn't answered any of my DMs, which is upsetting. I mean, you want to see? You see? <laughs> oh, my God. Ely, what the fuck? Oh, my God. Wait, can you please read some of those? <laughs> can you send them to me for, then? Hold on, for context. <laughs> Chris Evans has story replies turned on. So you can just reply to his story. Like, why would you do that? He probably likes so, to see like, it. <laughs> to fuck with him, I reply 
story all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I sent him a picture of Shuri. <laughs> what did you say? I because he always posts his dogs. So I said I have a dog. <laughs> <laughs> you're funny i said i have a dog too chris her name is shuri and then i sent him a picture <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot more messages after that picture oh there though. was a lot i just messaged him yesterday because he posted that video where he did like a this or that with people oh, magazine yeah. <laughs> and they asked him chris hemsworth and chris pratt and he said pass so oh. I just said, why did you pass on the Chris question? The answer is clear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting for him to either block me or respond. Like, that that day is going to come and it's going to be fucking awesome. So yeah. until then, I have to keep shooting my shot. <laughs> that is true. You're funny. Oh, okay. One time he must have posted something about him being outside. And I said, so glad you're enjoying nature. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay so we have one left and okay. we're gonna kind of like this is a segue into the new segment because i also want to talk about it yeah i you guys could probably guess but you're still gonna get 30 seconds to give us the lowdown okay jeez this is gonna be tough so what is the log line what's the headline right. on this one uh the best of chaotic twitter <laughs> all okay, right ready go if you guys don't know, Elon Musk recently bought Twitter and became like the owner or whatever. And he walked into their headquarters with a sink. Um, <laughs> and since then, he's implemented this new Twitter blue thing where people can pay to be verified. So um, the bad side of that is that people have been paying to make fake accounts verified. So some of my favorites I'm going to read off for you. Uh, the best one, of course, is Eli and Lily's fake account tweeting that insulin is free, causing their stock to plummet. And they've lost <laughs> billions of dollars. Um, also, there's a whole guy that impersonated Tesla and made a ton of tweets. But my favorite one is him saying a second Tesla has hit me? the World Trade Center. <laughs> Oh what? my god! Did you hear me? No, I didn't hear you at all. I at you. Oh, did oh sorry. Did Zoom mute me? Zoom must have canceled you out. I sorry. I I a little too hard for them, and they wow. they well you know well, at least let's I got a couple of good it. ones in. Let's just talk about it. Congratulations, you did very well on that game. Thank you. Um, that was a fun game. Also, I did a lot of those from memory, you guys. Wow! Yeah, I, I took only took notes, notes on a couple of them. I took notes for all of my films because I didn't want to miss anything. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a long game, but it was really fun. And now we can just it get into everything. So, yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Elon Musk sucks ass. <laughs> yes. And he's he a is probably idiot. he's such a dumbass. And I truly don't understand people that think that he's smart. I really don't. I don't think he's done anything smart. <laughs> no. like You know what I heard the other day? So he bought Twitter for 40, between like 44, 44 billion and 45 billion dollars. Yeah. He overpaid for that because Twitter was valued at 20 billion. So it overpaid by a lot and he wasn't liquid. So he had to borrow money to pay for the acquisition. Oh God, he's so and stupid. what I heard the other day is his interest rates on those loans are so high that he's paying one, essentially $1 billion a year oh. paying off those loans. <laughs> Guess how much? revenue twitter makes on a good year 700 Probably. million that's why he's doing all this stupid shit to try and get them to make more money because yeah because he, he he's 
300 million shy of just the payments alone based on, again, a good year for Twitter and advertisers are pulling out swiftly from Twitter. Yeah, because he's trash. Because this is a whole ass liability and advertisers do not want to be associated with that. And of course, as we know, people, the amount of N-words and anti-Semitic remarks already spewed on Twitter since Elon took over is probably more than the last like five years combined. Um, Yeah. So advertisers don't want anything to do with that. And I'm curious. I think we talked about this in person, but mm. I don't think Twitter is going to make it through like 2023. I really don't. It's just which such makes a me so sad. It makes me yeah, so Nick's sad. Nick's really because... sad because he loves Twitter. <laughs> and like, I feel like Twitter is like one of the original social medias. Like, it came yeah. out around the same time as Facebook, or at least it started to get big around the same time as Facebook. And so I'm like, damn, this motherfucker ruined it for everyone because he has such a fucking ego and is so stupid. Oh, I want to like smash his little face in. Yeah. Um. Also, another thing I want to point out too that I feel like if he would have just done like basic Googling or like talked to somebody, the whole idea of like making Twitter Blue like a $8 a month subscription service with an incentive so does not create any revenue. Um, yeah. And I have a really good something. I don't remember where I learned this, but um, I don't know if you know this, but magazine companies that like charge for subscriptions or like, did, I guess now a lot of them are digital, but you know, like magazines or like newsletters yeah. that charge for subscriptions, they don't charge you for a subscription, like to make revenue. They actually don't make any money, like really off of subscriptions. They charge for subscriptions so that you give them your information so that they can sell ads because that's where the money is. I'm not surprised. <laughs> and Elon's whole thing is that we can't rely on ad money alone. Then well, look fail. what you did now. Yeah. Now Elon Lilly is going to sue the fuck out of you because okay. they've lost billions of dollars from a fake Twitter account that you enabled to look real. Let's talk about this. The <laughs> amount of companies that are going to sue Elon Musk. <laughs> it's actually a big win, I think, for us. Oh, for us. It's, just, it's, <laughs> it's a big one for us because it shows like how much chaos can be wrought upon like these multi-billion and million dollar corporations just by the simplest of things so something like a fake tweet which seems very real because of this dumbass thing that another billionaire instituted has caused this this and this is just one company the amount of companies that have dealt with shit like this is so funny and everyone's just like crumbling because of the stupid ass implementation that the world's richest man who's not the world's richest man anymore because of the amount of net worth that he's lost it like it's so funny it's so funny it's honestly been really funny to me so it's just sad (laughs) that like the cost now is like honestly one of the internet's best social networks and also a bunch of people's jobs like elon's fired a bunch of people he fired fired a bunch more today they don't even Um, have a comms department anymore like somebody tried to reach out for comment and they don't have a communications department yeah so i feel like that's the human cost right there obviously um and who knows maybe even these companies that are losing hundreds of dollars in stock value because of this tweet situation maybe they're having to cut people too who knows so that is sad but um it is still very i just like seeing rich people get in hot water and rich corporations it's just like pleasing to me if you've been affected by elon musk you might you may be entitled to financial compensation And the oh yeah, so he's gonna get so many lawsuits coming his way, and it, and make no mistake, you guys, they're gonna be on him, not the people that made these accounts. They're oh, on they Elon Musk. Wrong. Exactly, they were just taking advantage of the and they're system protected that he put under in place. Parity laws. Exactly, so... yeah. 
but yeah, the Eli and Lily should have so the fact that they had to tweet out, no, we're still charging full price for insulin. Oh my and god. And then everybody started attacking them for being like Oh my god, that? it that pleases me so much. It's so funny, you guys. Yeah. So that's been happening. And I'm sure we'll get more stories to come out of the whole Twitter fiasco as the totally. weeks drag on. But we got to move on to the midterms because yeah. we got a lot to say about this. So let's do that. If you guys don't know, the midterm elections were last Tuesday. Of course, it's not really election day anymore. It's more like election season because we're still getting results coming in. Um, but we're going to go through the highlights. So mm-hmm. overall, this has been a very interesting election because it has not been as bad as everyone thought. Um, it's generally a win for not only democracy, but also like sanity, because <laughs> there were a lot of insane people running that <laughs> analysts thought would win and they did not. <laughs> And um, so it just, it, yes. So it just kind of shows that like, okay, maybe all hope is not lost. I think that's the general consensus. It's like, oh, we're still working with something here. Like it's still bad. And like the Democrats aren't doing shit and they will continue to not do shit. But at least we're not like drowning in a sea of like fascists. Yeah, we didn't have the red so, wave as the Republicans seem to have thought they were going to have. We had yeah. the youth wave. Yeah, I want you to talk a little bit about that because that was obviously a great turnout of this. Yes. So if you don't know, in the 2018 midterms, um, young people turned out like fucking crazy and like set the record for like the highest youth voter turnout that we have ever seen in a midterm election. Obviously, this year was a little bit different, but still, this year we had the second highest youth voter turnout that we've ever had in a um, midterm election. So that's incredible. And um, basically, the youth vote is what like decided a lot of like super close races in battleground states. So like, for example, Wisconsin, um, basically, Tony Evers won um, his reelection as governor because of young people. Um, and one thing I will appreciate is that Joe Biden made a speech like what a day or two after the election. And he actually went on to say, like, we won because of young people. So thank you to young voters for showing up. So I appreciate that. People are starting to recognize that they need to win young people to win. And it's not mm-hmm. a fucking game anymore. Yeah. Um, my boss said something that really stuck out to me. She said, like, this just goes to show that like 2018 and like young people in general and 2020, we're not an anomaly. Like this isn't like, this wasn't just like a a crazy thing that happened on accident. Like we are a force to be Mm -hmm. reckoned with. Like y'all better wash the fuck out. Yeah. I think, I think John Fetterman, John Fetterman in Pennsylvania also won largely because of young people and people were worried about him against Dr. Oz because he had a stroke. He had a stroke over the summer which is not good if you're if you're trying to run because people are going to call your health into question. But yeah. he still managed to beat Dr. Oz because of young people. So shout out to John Fetterman. Um, the guy yeah, who wears super cool. shorts and hoodies. Shorts and hoodies, yeah. People have been posting the pictures of him on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, so yeah, Democrats are basically guaranteed to hold the Senate despite what happens with georgia georgia's gonna have a runoff uh, of course between walker and warnock here's the thing if y'all are out here voting for herschel walker i Uh, i I don't know what to say to you honestly uh, i don't know what to say the shit that he said that he says i just watched a clip where he said that you uh u.s is like the greatest state uh country in the united states what are you saying i saw a clip nick showed me a clip of him like in a debate with warnock going with the fake police badge 
Well, there was that, but that he was asked a question about like healthcare and it was incomprehensible. 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 And also he's Christian Walker's dad, you guys, if you did not know this, the Wait. Christian Walker. And on top of that, Christian Walker fucking hates him. <laughs> Which is he's so going on rants about why you shouldn't vote for him. Which if is, Christian Walker is telling so you funny. not to vote for him. You really yeah. shouldn't vote for him. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of wild that like we even have to have a runoff, but I suspect he's probably not going to win that. But it doesn't matter because of of a unexpected win in in Arizona. It doesn't matter what happens. Democrats are pretty much guaranteed to hold the Senate. So that's cool because we were expected to lose the Senate. Um, there's still a path to holding the House. It's unlikely. But I think people are more optimistic about that maybe happening after seeing that like the red wave did not happen. So bef yeah. before the election, before election day, everyone was like, things are probably not good. But now it's like anything is possible. So True. the House could still be possible because there's still like 20 uncalled races, but it's not likely. So we're probably going to have like a, a deadlocked government for the next two years. Which is annoying, but I better guess than all red government. I, I was gonna say I'd rather have that. <laughs> um, and also holding the Senate means that if we get to make any more Supreme Court nominations for the yes. next few years, like that's yeah. gonna be. Clutch. If any conservative justices want to die or resign, now's the time. <laughs> that to would do be so. super cool. <laughs> cough, cough, Clarence Thomas. I'm looking at you. <laughs> yeah. Any moment now, please. Um, some other things. Basically, every candidate that was endorsed directly by Trump lost. Some of them lost miserably. <laughs> Which is great. Uh, it's super great. In fact, just last night, the governor's race in uh, Arizona was called, and Carrie Lake lost, and that shit was she, so like, really funny. Lost. It's she's so <laughs> fucking stupid. Literally, before it was called, she went on the news and was like, "Maricopa County," which I mean, of course, is is largely Democratic, so like it probably wasn't going to go in her favor. But she was like. They're running elections like a banana republic in Maricopa County. It's insane. It's like, girl, why would you what? say that when the race has not been called yet? You're so stupid. And she also openly said that, like, she would deny election results, of course. So which, which is why she was endorsed by Trump. But yeah, lots of Trump backed losers, which was extremely <laughs> gratifying to me. Yeah. And speaking of Trump, the GOP has begun to point all their fingers at him. Um, and it's funny because in the outline, I said, will he still announce a 2024 bid? Will he try running independent? And guess what, you guys? Breaking news. Um, he did announce tonight as we were recording. Oh, he did. Uh, we, we knew this was coming because it was scheduled to be announced at 9 p.m. But I just double checked prepared. it. He did announce a bid for 2024. Um, here's what I think is going to happen with that. I, I just don't see because, of course, in order to be the Republican nominee, like you have to be like you have to be voted upon and picked. And You're I just do it. not see that happening. And so I think he's going to lose that nomination. And if, if he has the money to do it, because as we know, Trump is kind of like fucking broke almost basically. <laughs> if he has the money to do it, I think he will try running independent, but I, he will not win. Obviously you can't run independent in this country and win. And if he did, no. that would be like historic, but you can't do it. I know. Well, here's the thing. It's unfortunate, but. Well, honestly, I kind of want him to do that because then I feel like all of his followers will like split up the Republican vote. And then yeah, I was, was going to say really that. Really yeah. won't win. <laughs> exactly. So I'm kind of, it's tough because I want to say I'm surprised that he announced tonight that he was running again. I'm not because he's a, he's a narcissist and he's probably in this mo moment right now where he's just like, I don't, I don't care what anyone fucking thinks about me. My ego is so big. I need to announce that I'm running again. And of course, 
our government has been sitting on their asses, not charging him with anything, even though he has substantial evidence of crimes He's against literally a criminal. him. Multiple so crimes. that's fucking annoying. He literally would not be able to run if our government wasn't sitting on their ass. But um, if the Senate would have just like removed him. Yeah. So he just announced a bid. We'll see what happens. But one of my last points here, Florida governor Ron DeSantis <sighs> won overwhelmingly in Florida. And he's all of a sudden emerged as the new front runner for 2024. And I think that, I don't know. I can see, I, it's still like a year and a half away, you guys, but I can very easily see him getting the Republican nomination for 2024 just because he seems like such a picture perfect candidate for them where he's still like very conservative, but he's not mm -hmm. Trump crazy. Um, like the whole nuclear family thing. So yeah, Ron DeSantis has emerged as the new like GOP figurehead in a matter of just like a week. And we'll see what happens. I know that Trump, here's the thing. Some Someone, uh, we talked about the Young Turks the other night. Someone on the Young Turks said very astutely that like, we'll see if DeSantis has a backbone because if Trump starts attacking him, which he will, it could be very easy to like cower to Trump. Because one thing about Trump is that like in a debate, he's not good in the sense of, like he knows what he's talking about. But people like the fact that he what he says is doesn't come across as like planned. Mm -hmm. And so if it's Trump in a debate with DeSantis, I would actually be kind of worried because who knows if DeSantis would be able to like fend him off, so to speak. I'm not saying I want DeSantis to be president, you guys, but I know. Well, here's the thing, too, that I'm kind yeah. of like, I don't know how I feel about this because so not to like plug my own work again, but also um, <laughs> to plug my own work again. We did a poll like sometime in the summer where we talked. We asked young people like a bunch of stuff um, in battleground states. And I think we also asked them too um, in our poll at the beginning of the year. And both times that we asked them, we asked them like, if Trump were to run again in 2024, would you vote for him? And uh, most of them said no. Mm. So we know now that like, if Trump is on the ballot for 2024, young people are not going to vote for him. <laughs> well, good. Yeah. So very interesting. So that's kind of why I'm like, if he is in the ballot, he's going to lose. So it's like, do you want him on there? <laughs> Definitely tough. I think the next two years are going to be so interesting politically. Mm -hmm. Uh and it's it's a good thing. Like it's a good thing, you guys, that the Republican Party is not going down Trump's road because yeah. it's like, oh, we have a democracy again. Like we have right. actual competitive democracy that's not all about like bigotry and like election denying and all that shit. So we'll see. And of course, it's also very dependent on is Biden going to run again? Please do not. He is. Run I think for he, he just said he said oh like last week that he was, and people are like, "Dude, come it's on. not the arrogance." See, it's it's like, like you think you're, you're going to live for another you, four years, and also like you might lose. Like there's a very good chance that you're losing. Your approval rating is not good right not now, bro. Good. And not you're good. getting old. So just like you said, by the time seriously, he, do you think he, you're like? He would Absolutely. be in his 80s if he got reelected. That is insane. I just don't, I don't think it's a good choice. We'll see if he rescinds on that. But I I think Biden versus Ron DeSantis, Biden's Biden not is not winning. Mm -hmm. Biden is not winning. So I don't care how many young people show up to vote. I really don't think he's going to win. And it also depends. We have to see because Trump people are like Trump people, you know. So we'll have to see at what point like is There's, what's it going to yeah. take for them to jump ship, if at all nothing they it's, like you said well, they're they're not even like republicans they're like trump yeah people. it's it's gonna be very interesting but um anyway last couple of quick points on the on midterms 
So speaking of Florida, Florida is now pretty much considered to not be a swing state anymore. It's solidly a red state based on how this election went and 2020. And um, Marjorie Taylor Greene got reelected. Which is insane. So you have to put up with more of her bullshit. Fucking insane. Who's voting for her? I want to talk to these I people. I mean, her like her district is like Trump all the way. So I'm not surprised. This is why we need fair lunatic. maps. This is why we need fair maps y'all honestly pay attention to your legislative sessions because a lot of um like map drawings are up in the courts and i feel like that's that's important wisconsin's elections came out so fucked up because wisconsin is so heavily gerrymandered yeah it's fucked up anyway um i'm actually gonna just skip over my last story i had for news because i know we're Uh. running on time but i did want to say you guys if you want to laugh at rich people stuff some more there's this really interesting story that came out in time about how there's an excess of just like empty Airbnbs because of course in the pandemic when rich people and investment firms bought up a bunch of houses with the intent of renting them out either short-term or long-term, the demand is not catching up to them. So now rich people are crying and being like, my Airbnbs are being rented out. They're sitting empty. Yeah, yeah, and there's a housing crisis. Like, okay. Yeah. Us. So I think that's funny. And if you want to look more into it, please Google it because it's great. Anyway, music time. All right. I do have kind of a lot for music. It's um, okay. That's why I cut that story because I was like, <laughs> all right. Forgot about the Grammy nomination. I'll try and move swift though. Um, okay. Yeah, Grammy sure. nominations came out today, which is exciting. Um, some things to note. You can definitely like look them up yourself if you want. Um, but just some things I personally wanted to know. And then Zach, if you have anything that you would like to add, please do. Um, so this is again, our first year with this songwriter of the year category. So we have like a whole new class of songwriters that are finally being recognized by the Grammys. And, um, I put exhausted media moment alum, Nisha Charles received her <laughs> nomination and I'm super happy for her because she really killed it this year. Um, so that's awesome. And she received two other nominations because Beyonce got so many nominations and she oh, yeah. wrote on Beyonce's album, Renaissance. So fingers crossed for Nisha this year. Um, another super awesome, crazy, like funny thing. Beyonce ties for most Grammy noms ever. And ironically, the person she tied with is her husband, Jay-Z. That's crazy. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? I feel like she's um, definitely going to beat him. But I don't know. We'll see. He also received like six nominations this year i think for what did he put something out um not for his own music no but he's he's doing stuff all the time behind the scenes oh interesting mm-hmm. um and then another thing i don't know if we talked about this on the pod but really quickly so when they announced that like campaigns were ending or that they were going to start like putting people into categories for nominations Nicki Minaj's song super freaky girl got put in the pop category and she went on a really long rant on TikTok that I like kind of fully agree with about how that was really fucked up of them to do to her because the sample that she used has won in the rap category before if you don't know that song big energy by Lotto it samples a Mariah Carey song and that song got put in the rap category and Nicki Minaj does not sing at all on this track. And she still got put in the pop category. And she was like, if you put me up against Adele, Harry Styles, Taylor Swift, I'm not going to win. Yeah, she's and not she was noticeably left out of the Grammy nominations for this year. So I feel I kind of feel bad for her to an extent because she is kind of a rap legend at this point, And she really hasn't been recognized by like 
anyone. So, do we think this aside is, from like fan votes? Do we think this is anti-vax backlash? I feel like no, because men's they reward men for that shit all the time. I guess if so. you look at the yeah. people in the comedy category, tell me that that is not fucked up. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, <laughs> I just that's all I have to say. Um, so I feel like they're not retaliating against her, or if they are, it's really bogus of them to retaliate against her and not some of the other people that they'd be keeping in these categories. So, yeah. And then to go into um, Grammy noms, wait, did we talk about this already on the podcast? Grammy noms. No, uh, Bruno Mars and Anderson Pock not submitting the Silk Sonic album. Yes, we did. Okay, then I really don't have to talk about it today. Uh, oh. But we did cover how they, <laughs> we covered before we went on break, how they said that they weren't going to submit. Okay. Yeah. Okay, then that's the story. They didn't submit their album, which is upsetting to me, but whatever. Good for them, I guess. They're humble. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. This just happened today. Uh, Taylor Swift's uh, tickets for her uh, tour went on sale today and she crashed crashed Ticketmaster. Um, If you don't know the process for buying tickets, it's insane. Um, Huge shout out to my friend Morgan for buying the Harry Styles tickets before I met her Um, because I would have given up. So basically, basically, in order to get tickets now, you have to sign up to become a verified fan and then once you're a verified fan you basically get put in a lottery to receive a pre-sale code so then once you get the code you have to wait in a queue on the day that the pre-sale starts to be able to then purchase your tickets and so what's happened is that people waited for hours to be put in the queue to sign up to be a verified oh fan God. and then now today if they if they even got the pre-sale code i know so many people that didn't get the pre-sale code but if they did, they had to wait. My friend uh, Morgan waited for six and a half hours to be able to get her tickets. She actually got tickets, but she waited for six and a half hours. It's too um, much, you guys. Yeah, six and a half hours too in much, the virtual queue to be able to purchase tickets. Mm-hmm. And then you have your tickets, but then there's an additional sale, like an open, a general sale afterwards. So if you couldn't get tickets in the pre-sale, you can try and fight like hell for tickets in the regular sale. But the problem with Ticketmaster is that the demand from the pre-sale f- drives up the prices of the tickets so that if you get to the general sale, the tickets cost like thousands of dollars at that point because like mm. the demand is boosting the price. So this is something too that AOC actually pointed out today. She was like, friendly reminder, Ticketmaster's a monopoly. They uh, merged with Live Nation. So now they're basically the only vendor for selling Yo. concert tickets, which is really, really fucked up. So- in the year of our Lord, it's 2022. We still don't have a better process for this. I don't know what happens, but uh, Ticketmaster crashed because of all the t- uh, all the Taylor Swift fans. So I'm over it, guys. Trash. I'm I'm just I don't know why why it is. Um, and granted, I'm not a concert person, and also I'm definitely not a concert person for like super huge artists because I think concerts are overpriced, and. <laughs> Yeah, this whole it's too much. It's too much, you guys. And also, like, like I know this is how they make their money, but Taylor Swift is gonna make so much fucking money off this one tour. And she's probably gonna continue to write lyrics about kitchen bills on the table or whatever the fuck she said. Yeah, it's I don't know. I'm just like, yeah, this sorry, is you too guys, much. we're not Taylor Swift fans on this podcast. It's too much. Like, I I've I'm said it to... before. I'm just not, I just 
I feel like her writing, her writing talent is not very well supported by her singing talent. Well, I just in general, I'm just thinking like, I don't, I mean, props to Morgan, but waiting. I, and I'm sure she wasn't like sitting in front of the computer screen or maybe she was, I don't know, but so I cannot imagine doing that. And I know some people probably waited longer than her. And it's like, that's crazy. Oh, Medea waited for like a similar amount of time. Like I know she showed us oh, that she was on crazy. for like early in the morning and then she got to the ticket page and the pre-sale had sold out. So she couldn't get her tickets after she waited all that time. That's crazy. And the thing is, you only get you get to. So when you sign up for the verified fan, you pick like three shows that you would want to go to. And then you're put in the lottery for all three shows. And then you get one presale code. So Morgan got the show tickets for the show in Nashville. But she also put in like Arizona and something else because she wants to travel. But like there's only you only get to pick a certain amount of shows and you get one presale code. So like. Mm-mm-mm. it's a really fucked up process and it's annoying yeah. that this is like <laughs> the experience across multiple different artists like i know this is how it works for harry styles like morgan uh when she did harry styles she picked like three different show dates in new york and then she luckily got in the pre-sale and then she said that website actually crashed after she like hit purchase like was about to confirm her purchase the website crashed and then like a little bit later she got the charge on her credit card and then they sent her the email like you got the tickets and she was like holy shit yeah, if you're gonna be a so, monopoly like, so then ensure your website doesn't crash <laughs> right like, that's what i've been saying that. if you're gonna monopolize the industry you have to be the best <laughs> and and also like if you know things are coming prepare like right. spider-man yeah, no way home fans are crazy Spider-Man, like, spider-man no way that home. was a Marvel mess fans, my Marvel fans are also crazy. If you know you're going to have a midnight drop date oh for tickets, if you know it's going to be the biggest movie mess. of the year, fucking prepare for it. You guys, actually, it I feel like I mind. can't judge the Taylor Swift people because I stayed up until 3 a.m. trying to get Spider-Man No Way Home tickets. So I feel your pain, honestly. I only had just, I, it only took yeah, me like shut 40 up. minutes. Shut but... up. Okay, next. <laughs> anyway. Um... <laughs> Speaking of Taylor Swift, really quick, I feel like even though I don't like her, these are really, really, really notable um, records that she has set in the last like three weeks. Um, okay, so she is the, officially the first act ever to spend a full year at number one on the Billboard Artist 100 chart. Good for her. And then recently, <laughs> following the release of her album Midnight's, she's the first artist in Hot 100 history to claim the entire top 13 of the chart which also led for Oof. it being the first time in the charts history that there were no male artists present in the top 10. <laughs> that is crazy. I was like, for real? And he, you actually, fans are something else. Really quick, I gotta if, say. I could just, if I could just go on a little rant really quickly about Oof. the music industry. Oh, love Because a rant. if you notice, in this week's chart, Drake and 21 Savage have almost all of the top 10. They don't have the number one spot or the number 10 spot, but they have two through nine. And so I'm like, I've been thinking about this too, because I've been like, I feel like this year we've seen a lot of like, oh, so-and-so sets a chart record. So-and-so is the first artist in history. Like, why is all of this stuff happening now? And I started thinking about it and I was like, it's because of like the rise of streaming has gotten to a point where like previous records set it was like unattainable back then because like you physically could not listen to music as much as you can now. And there's so many different ways that artists can low key manipulate chart data that it's just like, it's so fucked up. 
So I'm kind of getting annoyed seeing all these artists occupying all these spots on the chart because I feel like it doesn't actually represent what people like anymore. It just represents how much money somebody has or how many fans, like, or like how crazy their fans are how, how short their songs are so they get more streams also, i'm over I don't that know if you guys remember this but when justin bieber released the song per- or his album purpose he put these like weird graphics on instagram that told people to put his album on replay like I on really low vo- volume i and remember so then that yeah when lil nas x released his album he like made a parody version of those graphics it was <laughs> like okay make sure you guys listen to montero on repeat on low volume <laughs> But it's true. And then over the pandemic, he released a song with Ariana Grande that was really kind of like a weird situation where like that song debuted at number one and then just completely fell off the charts. And people um, at the time, I would say it was kind of um, uncredible sources because it was Nicki Minaj and Takashi 69 but they were blaming um, Ariana Grande and Justin Bieber for basically like buying so much of their own song to boost their numbers on the charts and it worked. And then they were like, that's not true. Why would we do that? And it's like, you know, people do that. Even if it wasn't you specifically, you know, it was your record label. Somebody is fucking with the numbers. Sounds like a lot of drama. People are getting really insane. And it's just so irritating to me now that it's like, can we just have like normal, interesting chart data that's like dynamic and like actually legit? I don't know. As a chart data fan slash nerd, <laughs> this is getting on my damn nerves seeing all this shit. <laughs> also, tell. really quickly, interesting oh. chart. Uh, <laughs> the weekend song Blinding Lights is really about to become the most streamed song ever in history. It has over 3.5 billion streams. That's insane. On... And you know what song it's beating? I know you love this song. Shape of You, Pedro. <laughs> It's always the bad songs, you guys. Actually, I don't mind Blinding Lights, but other than that, it's always the bad ones. <laughs> okay, moving on really quickly. <laughs> um, if you guys haven't heard, this is actually really, really fucking sad. I was really disappointed by this news. Um, Migos rapper Take Off was shot dead in Houston, I think on Halloween or Halloween weekend at age 28. And then earlier this week, I believe it was on Sunday, members of the rap and R&B community gathered for his like celebration of life ceremony. But this was like a really kind of fucked up like shooting that happened over like a dispute over like a at a party. And it's just really fucked up. Um, Apparently, like video was circulating of like after the shooting, like people were saying you could hear Quavo like screaming. Oh, my God. I know. It's really fucked up. So that's really sad. Gun violence is seriously a problem. I don't know why we as humans are so careless with each other's lives, but. I was, yeah, I was going to say that's another issue where it's like, we have all these guns out there, but yeah, it seems like, especially in the, there's lots of shootings in the DC area and almost all All of them, like nine and a half times out of 10, it's a dispute that gets out of hand. It's like, you guys, we, we got to stop whipping guns out if we get mad at each other. Yeah. Like you don't realize what you're doing Uh, when you take someone's life away. Like that's just horrible. Yeah. So rest in peace, take off. Um, We loved Migos, love stir fry. Okay. And then some more positive news. Um, I don't know if you've heard the song Unholy by Sam Smith I've and heard Kim it a Petras. Too much. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people are getting sick of <laughs> But um it hit number one on the Hot One Hundred and it was uh the first song that had a publicly non binary and publicly transgender soloist um be the at number one on the Hot One Hundred chart. So that's good. 
That is cool. Happy for Kim. I have a weird relationship with her because when it came out that she's basically still firmly in Dr. Luke's camp, with Dr. Luke, oh that like makes me uncomfortable. And it sucks because even before you knew that, like I love listening to her music. This song is very oh. annoying to me. <laughs> um, I know, I know. It's so like, it's kind of the definition of like, oh, they thought they ate with that. They, like ugh. the first time you hear it, you're like, oh, you're and like, then, oh, shit, you know, yeah. you know what it is when you watch the video and they're specifically <laughs> Sam Smith, they are like going so hard in it. And it's just like, it's not this serious. Like it's Have not, you seen- it's not that hardcore. <laughs> Have you seen the video of somebody that yes, I know Sam exactly Smith what you're recording about. a TikTok? Yes. I'm that is the words. epitome. It's so cringy, you guys. Yeah. It's so cringy. That is Yeah, I'm kind of over the song. I mean, yeah, it was like cool the first time I heard it. And then it was just like, okay, let's stop. Yeah, definitely um, over it. And, and it's also somebody, like the TikTokification of it. Like it's so, yes, it's too much. I was on literally TikTok. just going to say that. Yeah. Somebody brought up the point where they have like this theory that a lot of artists are writing songs specifically for TikTok because like the chorus will be like really great. Oh, and it's then, not like, a the theory. It's happening. Don't even <laughs> like the verses are trash. They don't even make sense. They don't match yeah. up with anything. Like it's stupid. Um, okay, the last thing I have in music is actually another really positive story um, from my boo, Harry Styles. Um, so based on new data from Headcount, Harry helped register 54,000 new voters ahead of the midterms this year. That's wild. So Great job, Harry. <laughs> we love you. Um, basically, the rundown was that Harry partnered with Headcount to encourage people to register to vote or check their voter registration in order to win a free ticket to his Harry Ween show, which you all don't know. Harry goes hard for Halloween. He has a Harry Ween? So last year, he did this for the first time on his tour, and he did it again this year. Ew, stop. <laughs> You're disgusting. Anyway, um, you could win a ticket to the Halloween show in L.A. I'm not going to say it again for your amusement. <laughs> Um, but the contest child. resulted in the organization's most successful campaign led by a musician in all 18 years of its existence. And Harry's registration accounted for one third of their total number of registered voters, th- voters this year. And they also experienced an all time high in single day voter registrations with 28,760 people signing up to vote in the contest's first 24 hours. So that's wow. super cool. We love Harry. Using power for good, exactly. not power, like popularity. Yes, prominence. All the people go off. Yeah. King hashtag Aquarius energy. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about him again later in a not so positive context. <laughs> 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 anyway, are you doing music? Yes. Okay, let's get into entertainment. This is going to be a mix of Ooh, stuff that's episode. happened. It's going to be very long, but I'm not going to apologize because no, we have you're we getting have you're getting all of the content you would have had in the last two months scrunched in into one like, episode. And what? Yeah, exactly. And you want know y'all was going up. We miss you. We miss you. Well, here we are. You got two hours of us. <laughs> yeah. So shut up. Listen. Anyway, it's going to be a mix of old stuff from when we were gone and newer stuff. But first, I want to touch on four trailers that debuted while we were on break, just to give some quick thoughts. We got our mm. first look and trailer for the Super Mario mm. Brothers animated movie. Um, We heard Chris, Chris Pratt's voice as Mario. Which is just Chris Pratt. It's Chris Pratt, basically. <laughs> um, it, it looks fine. It. It's not going to be good, probably. We didn't hear... The only voices we heard were Chris Pratt and Jack Black as Bowser. And Jack Black didn't sound that bad. Like, he was fine. It didn't seem No, I was place. like, whoa, that's Jack Black? 
Yeah, but with Chris Pratt, it's just like, uh, and then they took away Mario's butt for some reason. Mario's (laughs) jeans are not filled out. And in the games, they are. Yeah, come on. He's hella cheeked up on a Thursday. (laughs) So I don't know what happened there. And the internet's up in arms. Um, (laughs) But I I really need another trailer where we get to hear like all the cast voices. Well, I feel like we need like an actual (laughs) storyline. Oh, yeah. We don't know what's going on. It was very much a tease. (laughs) But yeah, that was that was wild. And um, next, we got a trailer for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which is the next MCU film. And we also saw this trailer uh, for the first time, like in a theater ahead of Wakanda Forever. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it looks good. No! I really don't. I don't think it looks good. It looks like it. I, I get it. Like they're in the fucking quantum realm. Like I get it. But it looks like CGI fest. 3000 the movie like it's it's like cgi 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 and it's too much like it looks fake it looks like literally actors in front of green screen and all of it is green screen and also i just hate the fact that they hired peyton reed again because it's like the last two films are good but they're not stunning they're not i know that's why i was surprised (laughs) and why i haven't been looking forward to this one because the only thing i'm looking forward to about this movie is seeing jonathan majors as king the conqueror like for real for real um but the first two ant-mans have not been my favorite the second one was absolutely horrible i hated every second of it um and so now i'm like sorry i i passionately (laughs) did not like that one um so yeah i don't know now i'm just kind of (sighs) like well i have a suspicion we're actually being lied to because i've heard by all accounts the main villain of this movie is modok modok wasn't even in this trailer he was in the leaked uh d23 trailer but they did not put him in this trailer and i'm like unless you guys are re-editing this to make Kang more of a thing, I feel like they're placating us by putting Kang, but he's not the main villain. Modok is. So I don't know, you guys. I'm kind of in this mood right now with the MCU where I'm definitely feeling like it's beginning to be too much, especially with the addition of all these Disney Plus shows. And I'm looking forward to like specific big things that we still have to wait for. Like I'm sad that Fantastic Four got delayed because- I really want to see that. And I really hope the casting on that is good. And I was interested in the Blade movie. And that also got delayed. And I'm really excited for Deadpool 3 with um, Hugh Jackman coming back. And that's a few... Like, I feel like everything I'm still excited for is years away. I don't think 2023 is going to, like, pop off for Marvel. I am looking forward to Guardians Volume 3. But other than that, I'm like, can we just skip 2023 and get to 2024? Okay, wait. (laughs) What is all coming out? And so we have Ant-Man and Guardians, Guardians 3 of the Galaxy and the Marvels. <sighs> and it was going to be Blade 2, but Blade is having issues. So that we don't know when that's coming. Oh, out. I heard Blade got canceled because they all the versions of the script were so bad. I yeah, I heard the script was the script that got turned in was 90 pages long. An hour and a half. They really thought that was I mean, I love like I was just saying I like a sw- short and sweet movie, but this is an MCU but, movie. Like I, come yeah, on. and I feel like for an origin story, come on now. Yeah, I don't so, know though. The first Iron knows. Man wasn't that long, right? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. But the Quantum Mania looks fine. Will I see it? Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> am I gonna be happy about it? Uh we'll yeah. see. <laughs> anyway, we got our first full trailer for the Last of Us series, and the release date kind of got like leaked, and so they had to confirm it. But it's starting two months from now on January 15th. We're recording this on November 15th. I'm very excited for the series because you guys know I love the games. The trailer was like it was a good trailer. It wasn't amazing or anything, but I'm going to watch it. Hello. Oh, I, I think I'm going to watch it because oh. 
with you talking to me about the game now for a few years, with me mm-hmm. reading the Wikipedia page <laughs> of the game. Pedro um, Pascal. Oh my God. Wait, somebody said that like for a third of 2023, we're going to get like <laughs> so much Pedro Pascal content. Well, yeah, because the Mandalorian. the Mandalorian is coming back. That's true. That's funny. Um, still not confirmed how many episodes this season is. Oh, I'd be uh, mad if it's like six. I don't think it'll be six. Maybe it might be eight, but we'll see. Eight? I would be happy with eight. Six is too short. Yeah, who knows? Uh, but yeah, that was a good trailer. And then lastly, I couldn't not talk about the smash viral trailer Megan for this horror movie Megan that's coming out next year from Blumhouse which is basically like a yassified Chucky movie <laughs> or, or this like little toy doll. And they're Megan. like super into it. Jason Blum is like, this is his new passion. Project. I'm into it. Like I've never, I never heard of this movie before the trailer came out and it looks fucking wild and I want to see it. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. So those are the new trailers. Uh, next, we got a couple of announcements on run times. I already touched on Avatar Way of Water coming in at three hours, 10 minutes long. Mm. That has not deterred me. Like I said, after seeing the re-release, um, I'm still excited to see this like an IMAX because it'll be like a visual treat. Also th- about three hours, 10 minutes long, Damien Chazelle's Babylon, which is coming out next month too. I told you I have no interest in this movie because no interest in of La La Land, but now I really have no interest because I'm really not sitting through it for three hours and seven minutes. I'm just like so over. Okay. I'm telling I don't you, hate... movies are getting too long. They're getting too long. I don't hate Margot much. Robbie, but I feel like they do her so bogus. Like, sh- yeah, I feel like the last and correct me if I'm wrong. The last like really compelling character she's played was Tanya Harding. Sorry. Yeah. I feel like she's the same character every, in every. Yes. She has like a, a Boston accent, and she's. Like, oh, <laughs> it's like, oh my god, can she you're do something so else? Right. Oh my she's god, in you're the Barbie so right. movie well, though, right? I, I was gonna say, cannot wait for Barbie. That though. I am excited. That... I swear to God, if she shows up and she's like, "I'm Barbie," I'm gonna be like. Okay, I'm out. I'm gonna walk out low of the key, theater. Low key, you guys, Barbie's like my second most anticipated movie of next year. I want, I want to know because of the casting. I'm like, what is <laughs> this? Know. First is the Spider Verse sequel, of course. Oh, I can't wait for that. But anyway, yeah. Um. So yeah, Babylon is long, and coincidentally enough, first reactions dropped today, and it's getting mixed reviews. So I'm at least glad to see that people aren't raving over it because that would have made me annoyed. <laughs> I bet the mixed reviews are white men love it. White women are like, eh. and then like people that actually know what they're talking about are like, no, this is bad. <laughs> I guarantee that's what it is. That's how it always Maybe. is. Maybe. Yeah. That's what they mean by mixed reviews. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Moving on back to MCU news. So Black Panther Wakanda Forever, of course, opened this past weekend. We saw it. We'll get to that later. Um, but it opened with the second highest opening of the year with $180 million domestically <laughs> with um, a $330 million worldwide debut. And it's just shy of another Marvel film this year, Multiverse of Madness, which opened with 185 So that's unlikely to change because I really don't think Avatar is going to be out here making $180 million opening weekend. So <laughs> it seems like we got our top two opening weekends of the year and they're both MCU films. I kind of expected Wakanda Forever to be bigger. But um, white people. 
But why? But well, it's actually really interesting. I was going to get into the demographics. So oh. if you go back to the original Black Panther, which opened with two hundred two million, granted that was a four day weekend, but still. Um, and you look at the demographics of that, it was like 35% black, 32% Caucasian. It was a really good spread. What's very interesting about Wakanda forever is it was 42% black and like 21% Caucasian. So the gap went wider, Wow. which is, I don't, it's very interesting to me. I don't know why like white people really were like, I'm not seeing that. <laughs> People are so annoying. Literally, y'all irritate me so much. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry. <laughs> and it's funny too because like uh, uh there were some white people, I wouldn't say acting up at our screening, but the and technically it was it wasn't really this guy's fault, but this white guy who was sitting like in the front, there was like a double booking situation. Oh my god. They were, not, they were talking people, at full volume. They were talking at full volume at the beginning, and I was just kind of like I, the whole thing was annoying, but there was that guy. And then um, randomly, like when the credits started, and this is like, you guys, like the, it ends on like a sad kind of note. This random white guy like stands up acting like he's about to leave immediately. And then his friend like pulled him down and was like, sit down. Oh, wait, I didn't I, even notice. Oh, you didn't notice that? Yeah, it was funny. So, <laughs> so funny. yeah, white people. But anyway, next. So like we, like I talked about bros in our little game. I really liked bros for the most part but um it flopped it only made like 4.5 million dollars its opening weekend unfortunately because straight people thanks you guys <laughs> uh, i will not speak on behalf of my people it's okay like i it's i didn't tough. see the movie either so. <laughs> it's tough because i feel like i feel like a lot of lgbt people also didn't see it and it's a double-sided coin i mean we've been talking about this for years like go back to love simon like four years ago like if you want to get more like diverse LGBT stories on a big screen, you kind of have to go pay for like the cis white ones, unfortunately. So, cause yeah. you guys, this is telling the big studios that like, oh, well, LGBT films don't do well. So we're, it's going to be a push to get more of them. So I wish more people went to go see it, especially since like, it was really funny, you guys. But anyway. Also, I think the thing is, too, I didn't really know this, but apparently, like, a lot of people don't like Billy Eichner because they don't really understand okay. his personality. And I think yeah. it's so silly. Like, this why don't you understand me. that he's just telling jokes? Yeah, I was going to touch on that because the Billy Eichner, like, backlash on this, I just was like, what are you guys talking about? Like, people don't like him. Like, and he's so rude. I'm like, it's a bit. It's a bit. And also, I was... I was about to say this. I was very annoyed because I feel like, yes, it's a film about like two cis gay men, but there's some really cool stuff that Billy Eichner was responsible for for this movie. Like like I was talking about in, in our intro, like he helped write this movie and there's like he didn't have to do this, but since his character is working for an LGBTQ plus museum that's trying to open, mm -hmm. the film like very cleverly works in like queer history into this mainstream film that i thought was like the fact that it shouldn't have to be said but the fact that it is said in a mainstream film distributed by universal that like the role that marsha p johnson played in stonewall for instance that's a big deal and other lgbt figures that some people probably haven't even heard of i love that yeah. he worked that in there and every single person on screen even if they're playing a straight person are queer performers that is huge because he's in, yeah. he's helping to employ queer people which is a struggle and employ queer people to well 
I mean, besides the ones that are playing straight people, which I think is just <laughs> funny, but like in, employing queer people to play queer people. Yeah. You know, like T.S. Madison isn't out here being cast as a cis woman. Like she's able to acknowledge her mm-hmm. transness and all that. And I, Billy Eichner yeah. did that. So right, I right. really don't get the backlash. But that being said, he did go on kind of a Twitter rant following this not good opening <laughs> um, where he was saying, like, I snuck into the back of a packed L.A. screening and people were laughing. People love this film. America's homophobic. And I, I mean, mean he had some points, but I just <laughs> the points were funny. made. And then he said, I'm going to tweet about it every day just to spite people. <laughs> that are has, he, has he upheld his promise? I don't know, but it, I did think that was funny. But yeah, I don't, I'm glad you brought up like the Billy Eichner backlash because I truly don't get it. Like it's a, also, it's a bit, you guys. I feel like, and to that point of it being a bit, I don't think people realize that like, if you are featured in like a video or a TV show, it's because you agreed to be yes. featured on a TV show or a video. So all of those people, people, whether they had a pleasant interaction with him or not, and I say pleasant in air quotes, like they agreed to being featured in that clip. Yes. So like, obviously they too understand that that was a joke. <laughs> yeah. The worst part of all this was that, that la la land exchange he had with that black woman really thought that that woman was like actually offended like again she's not her face isn't blurred she's in the video no it's it's worse than that okay like first of all i love this video nick loves this video he made a tiktok recreating this video that billy eichner commented on yeah and but and this is Obviously, I'm a very progressive person, but this is what I mean when I say that, like, I get really annoyed with discourse sometimes because it's just too much. This is like the chronically online people. But the fact that people and this video is like a couple years old, maybe six or seven years old. The fact that people are like, this is such a racially charged interaction. Billy Eichner, this white man with a position of power coming. It's like, oh, my God, please, please, can we put our can we please put our energy into something that's actually worth it? That's what annoys me. It's like. Take all this energy and passion you have and like go volunteer at a nonprofit that needs your help or something. But instead, no, people put it into like fucking tweets and their hot takes. And it's like, please stop. It makes no sense. Yeah, it's too much. Do something worthwhile if you want (laughs) something to change, honestly. Anyway, let's move on. Two more things. And they're both Heartstopper related. So it was announced that one half of Heartstopper, Joe Locke, has been cast in WandaVision spinoff, Agatha Coven of Chaos. And when I saw this, I lost my shit and I sent the it to you. Scream you because scrubbed. this it's heavily rumored that he will be playing Wiccan, aka the older version of one of Wanda's sons. Her two sons are super powered, Wiccan and Speed. And this made me so happy because he is like me and a lot of other members of the community are dream casting for Wiccan when we saw him in Heartstopper. First of all, he's a queer actor. So like you you can't cast a straight person to be Wiccan or his boyfriend Hulkling. Um, <laughs> Wiccan and Hulkling are like the like preemptive gay couple in Marvel Comics. They mean a lot to a lot of people, including myself. And they've been around for a minute. Like this, they've been around for the better part of a decade. So I'm so happy that um, at least Wiccan is finally coming to the screen, even though it's a small screen. I really hope that Disney does not fuck this up because you guys, they keep doing that shit. They keep doing the, oh, here's a crumb shit. It happened in Wakanda forever. Like when um, Aneka kissed uh, 
Oh, what's her name? Florence Kasumba's character on the head is and my love. It's like, I'm tired of getting the crumbs. So I really hope they do not fuck this up because Wiccan means a lot to a lot of people. And speaking of Hulkling, who, like I said, is his longtime boyfriend in the comics. Loki, I know this would be like kind of BS, but Kit Connor would kind of be perfect as Hulk. Oh my God. Get out. Kit, Kit Connor would kind of be perfect as Hulkling because he's Get also out. he's also kind of like the jockey one. And I think it'd be so funny. I think it'd be so imagine. funny if Disney, if Disney just straight up poached the Heartstopper. I was gonna couple. say, imagine <laughs> Kevin Feige's watching Heartstopper and he's like, they popped up. Okay, but it's like we already know they have chemistry. We already know it works. Just put put some superheroes on them and let them do their thing. It would be like thing. a really kind of like funny nod to like something else that's like really big in pop culture. I know. I think it'd be. I don't think they're gonna do it. But I think it would be it would be great. I, but I think they're probably going to cast someone else as Hulkling. But Joe Locke is perfect. So I really hope he's Wiccan. And this is another like, oh, is Evan Peters playing Quicksilver? Oh, no, he's oh, Ralph Boner, I hope, that sort of thing. I hope it's not one of those things. Because like, no. also, I think a lot of people like took the bait when they put, sorry, spoiler alert, they put John Krasinski as Reed Richards in. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, multiverse, multiverse madness, madness but now i don't think he's actually going to be reed richards no. in fantastic four and so it was like yeah, yeah. you're gonna start making people mad if you're not careful <laughs> yeah. yeah right like stop it yeah so lastly speaking of kit connor something kind of sad happened where he so he's 18 years old and he made a rare appearance on twitter to say he tweeted back for a minute. I'm by. Congrats for forcing an 18 year old out to out himself. I think some of you missed the point of the show. Bye. And this is sad because um, a lot of people have been accusing him of queer baiting on social media because he'll post a lot of pictures with Joe Locke because they're actually really good friends. Um, but he's been seen like holding hands with some actress that on he's shooting a film with, and mm. he's dating apparently. And so again, this is like the chronically online people just like attacking this kid like he just turned 18 he's this kid like trying to force him force an answer out of him and it's so sad that like he felt so forced to do that that i know he he had to tweet about it and again he's a, a kid like and and also i, I it's funny because i was just commenting on like internet discourse and tiktok discourse but i did see this good tiktok where someone was like please like you people need to keep in mind that these aren't your friends these aren't your family they don't owe you anything just because they're right. in a cute show that you really like right and we've talked about this with like celebrity relationships in general like they never owe us an explanation on their sexuality yeah. and insight into their relationship into their marriages so it's like if somebody chooses to keep their relationships or their sexuality under wraps i honestly have moved away from being like they need to just say it or because it's like it's really none of our business yeah. um and that's like a really personal thing and it's like we kind of forget that when we are talking about celebrities and like i get that it's like impactful for the community to have people be like fearlessly gay or fearlessly bi and like you know like be super open about it but that really is not fair like you wouldn't expect that from your next door neighbor who's like figuring out their sexuality like that's just ridiculous yeah. And also I get that some people want like, I mean, I want it. I want queer roles to be played by queer people. I say that all the time, but that doesn't mean that just because we don't have an answer, that doesn't mean you're entitled one just because you want to know, oh, right. are you queer? Are you queer playing or you this queer should, role? Or you can just assume that somebody's queer baiting simply because, and this is another thing. I feel like I feel bad for uh, bi folks because 
there's like honestly so much by erasure when it comes to like by people in straight passing relationships and it's like you can't just say that you think that someone's yeah. not queer enough for your liking just because they're in like a straight passing relationship like that's really fucked up it is so yeah but anyway that's it for entertainment let's move on to Woo. pop culture oh i forgot we still had <laughs> it's okay we, we keep going we're getting there we're getting there <laughs> all right this is actually kind of quick i wanted to make this boom 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 okay if you don't know already you gotta just google it uh nick cannon has announced (laughs) several pregnancies since the last time we recorded this podcast like literally there's been a birth and another pregnancy announced like it's ridiculous and so i did the math at this point he's about to have 12 kids with six different women whatever <laughs> um, it's it is what it is but it's like when is, when will it end honestly and coincidentally earth just reached uh the population human population of yes. 8 billion <laughs> weirdly enough nick cannon's <laughs> one of his baby mamas just had another one of his kids so i'm like I nick just... cannon is literally propelling us to furthering the human population <laughs> i was just gonna say that one of the funniest tweets i saw was that headline the earth is about to reach 8 billion and someone just said the cannon stop please stop anyway okay next um this was something that was like kind of a cute little story that i wanted to highlight so if you didn't know in 2021 christina applegate announced that she received a ms diagnosis what is it multiple scoliosis close enough <laughs> you tried your best babe <laughs> i did okay and uh recently she made her first public appearance since um announcing her um um diagnosis, diagnosis. <laughs> sorry i couldn't think of the word um and it was to celebrate being awarded the star on the walk of fame she took her shoes off um i don't really know why um but <laughs> she was barefoot and her dead to me co-star which have you seen dead to me I have not, but like, it's been coming up a lot in my life. Cause Nick keeps saying, he's like, oh, I need to watch season three. Oh, have you seen dead to me? Oh and I'm gosh, like, no, I've not I seen dead to me. Show. It's so good. Oh, you watch it. Me and I don't me even know what it's to about, to be it. honest. Okay. It's about, um, oh, she's Linda <laughs> Cardellini's character meets Christina Applegate's character at like a, uh, a, a support group for like grieving families. And she like befriends her and then they like become like besties. They're both kind of like middle-aged single women that are just like oh and christina applegate's husband just died but he got hit by a car while he was out jogging but the thing is she's like having trouble with like figuring out how to grieve him because right before he got hit by a car she found out he was cheating on her and so she's like struggling with that and then this other woman comes into her life and they're besties and then at the very end of the first episode it's revealed that linda cardellini's character is the one that killed her husband oh and she's basically like trying to befriend his wife to make herself feel better about it like to make sure that she's taken care of oh shit i love that setup actually it's really good yeah highly recommend but yeah christina applegate i feel like is kind of an iconic tv actress and now she's getting her flowers so good for her she also was iconic in bad moms She is so funny in Bad Moms. <laughs> I was just talking. I kind of like forgot that Bad Moms existed until you just. How said could that. you? Bad Moms is no. like surprisingly great. But I was just talking to Nick about this. That scene she has, um, in the car with Mila Kunis in that movie, where she's like all sad and crying because she lost the PTA <laughs> vote, 
And then she was like, my life's a mess. Like all of a sudden my DVR just, just like stop recording castle. Like how the fuck does that even happen? <laughs> that You're Funny. right. How could I forget about those movies? They're actually so good. Yeah. Um. Okay. I, I phrased this very particularly, so I'm going to read it verbatim from the outline. Okay. <laughs> Pete Davidson is being crowned the rebound king after being spotted on a date with recently divorced Emily Ratajkowski. Um, yeah, that's really all it is. They were on a date and now people are like, yo, Pete Davidson's like the man for post-divorced rebound sex, I guess. Yeah. Also just wanted to say that it's recently been confirmed by one of his former SNL co-stars that Pete does in fact have a nine inch penis. So interesting, but also do with that what you will. I was getting like kind of annoyed with people like online kind of be like, what, why is Pete Davidson got all this game? It's Pete Davidson looking at blah, blah, blah. And someone had this really thoughtful response where they were like, look like women, especially hot women are so fucking tired of like toxic men and shit. So this pretty much proves that Pete is probably like a good, funny person. Oh, totally. And like, I feel like, yeah, it's the thing about like approachable attractiveness, you know, like he's like, not bad to look at, but obviously there are people that are like, he's not Chris Hemsworth. We'll say that. Yeah, but I feel like if Chris exactly. Hemsworth was like present, you wouldn't be like, oh my God. I, you know, like he's like a, a, a an unapproachable attractiveness. But Pete yeah. Davidson is like, I could hang out with him. Like I could chill with Pete. He's cool. I'd hang out with Pete. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd hang out with Pete. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, last story is actually kind of sad, but very important. Um, so fuck Drake. If you still like him, honestly, I'm over him. The only thing, um, the only time I engage with his content is to laugh at all the TikToks that are making fun of him. It's crazy how um, popular he still is. I mean, you were just talking about the chart data. It's like, who is still listening to Drake? Like on the regular. His, and <laughs> in the story that I'm about to get to, a lot of people think that he said what he said simply just to be relevant again because his last album was so bad. So Drake is falling off, honestly. And it's sad because he used to be such a good artist. And now it's like, what the fuck are you doing? What are you saying? What music? Like, what is this? His last good music was Scorpion. Yes. No, that's really where it ended. Yeah. That was a good ass album. I'll say it. I like that album. <laughs> After that, I was like, okay. Um. So in his new collaboration with 21 Savage titled Her Loss, um, he basically, no, not basically, he literally accuses Megan the Stallion of lying about being shot by Tory Lanez with the line, this bitch lie about getting shot, but she's still a stallion. She don't even get the joke, which she's still smiling. And people were like, what the fuck? Like, and Megan the Stallion like went off. As on she Twitter. should. She went off saying like, stop fucking using my shooting as for clout and like she's right he's literally irrelevant because his last album was so bad he had to include something to get people talking and now i guess they are but it's like oh my god it's so disgusting that you would say something like that like megan has gone through so much and i feel so bad and ironically now tori's trials for that shooting is about to start um in december so we'll see what a jury says but fuck drake fuck tori lane's Fuck men. That's horrible. Yeah. And then trash. he also in another song, uh, another song called Serena Williams's husband, a groupie, which does he not know that like Serena Williams husband is like a tech God. <laughs> <laughs> and then also people started posting pictures of Drake 
like actually being a like a, a groupie like he was he shows up to all of her matches like a fucking creeper sitting off to the side he's always up in everybody's business like at raptors games like he's obsessed he's it's like a little intense and people are like why are you projecting like no you're the groupie <laughs> i'm over him <laughs> yeah he's super annoying we don't like him if you like drake i'm sorry but i'm not really that sorry you need to hear it oh <laughs> <laughs> Wow, right. does that bring us to the end of all the segments? I think so. I think we're done. We're finally okay. done. We're so, ready for the for the media moment. Yeah, it's, it's media time. moment time. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for the media moment. Okay, so you're going first. And I'm going to contribute, obviously. Yeah, because this is a big one. Okay. Um, if you don't already know, I am black. So <laughs> by default, I think my media moment for the week has to be Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Um, do the thing. Do, do even... the thing. do the thing. Do the thing. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do Where that, do I so. even begin? <laughs> like, holy shit. It was amazing. It was beautiful. It was perfect. It wasn't perfect, but it was beautiful. We cried, of course. I mean, those people at the beginning kind of ruined it, but after that, I still cried a lot. Um, fantastic. I don't even want to call them more a protag, or I, I don't want to call him a villain. I was I've been saying protagonist because I feel like he was spitting facts. No, he's not and, a protagonist. You mean antagonist? I mean antagonist. Sorry. Yeah. Um. He's he was spitting facts. Um, and I what I really love about the Black Panther movie specifically is that like the main message I feel like with all of the um the villains, I guess, has been like decolonization and just like anti-white supremacy, which is yeah. great. And it's like I love these movies too because they feel so different, like so separated from the rest of the MCU. And then you remember that like this is a Marvel movie. So it's just like, oh, they do it so well. Um, there's a plot twist that we won't spoil that absolutely took me out. I didn't think it was for real until, um, it kept going and I was like, oh, this is not a joke. Um, oh yes, yes, yes. That's the part that made me cry. Um, I saw somebody say on TikTok and this really resonated with me. They were like, I loved Wakanda forever because it was so cool to see the comedic relief character from the first movie actually become like grow into a well-developed, like young adult grow into someone who's actually worthy of being a hero and I was like you know what you're right like Shuri really was like kind of just like hee hee ha ha off in the corner (laughs) and now she's like the star of this movie and she actually is so interesting and like super dynamic and like y'all know we we have issues with Letitia Wright but she killed it she She was really good yeah yeah, her and Angela Bassett killed. I mean, Angela Bassett slays everything, but she really, oh my God, she did, she was so good in this one. Um, what else do I have to say about it? The costumes, of course, incredible. Oscar number two, I hope so. Um, Maybe. What else? It was just beautiful. Telecon was beautiful. Mm. Um, I have thoughts. I mean, I have some thoughts too. If we want to move, I mean, are we done with positives? Would you agree? Let's no. I have have some positive things to say. I think my take on this movie is like, I think that the and I rewatched the first one with Nick like two days before we saw Wakanda Forever. I think Wakanda Forever is definitely much better, like 
visually and conceptually and everything because let's be honest the first one has some pretty shit cgi <laughs> it really does especially like in that tunnel it's bad mm-hmm. um and i just think like the color grading and everything it just looks a lot better this time around yeah there were but some there, moments where i was like they're obviously standing moments. in front of a green screen yeah but yeah. but for the most better. part it was pre- like especially the underwater scenes which I was not expecting to look yeah. as. Oh, you didn't it like. Was a, it was oh. a little dark. It was a little dark, like hard to see dark. Mm, okay, I'll agree with that. Yeah, I, I agree. It was a little dark, but I don't know. It was not like Aquaman bad. <laughs> yeah, but I I think that the first film was more. It's more like engaging. I think. Okay, I'll say it. I told you guys I was worried when this came out, but I think the it's too long. I think the film was too long. Oh, I that I've was been my main saying, critique as well. Yeah, I've been saying that, like, I don't understand. It, it's funny because, like, with music, for instance, songs are getting shorter, so they get more streams. So you would think that, like, Hollywood would want films to be shorter so they get more show times to make more money. But big Hollywood films are actually getting longer. And I just don't think, for the most part, it's helpful because it becomes, like, numbing after a while. And so I feel like the third act in particular was kind of robbed a little bit of its excitement because at that point I just was kind of like like tired I guess you could say mm. but there was still some like really cool shit in this movie there were there were like multiple parts where I literally out loud was like whoa like specifically at the end of that car chase which is like the first big action scene in uh Boston there's something that happens in like slow-mo which was fucking cool let's just, i'll just say it like the the talocon they have like these water grenades which sounds yeah. silly but they're cool and also they ride fucking orcas yeah that's cool <laughs> actually a lot of the the are they like talocanese the talocanians what do we call the people <laughs> is know. it like is it where like the city is the same name as the people like they're talocan they're talocan maybe anyway pretty much all the stuff they did was really cool. Like, mm-hmm. it and it was cool like stuff. the first time they threw one of those water grenades, you were like, "Whoa!" That's and then what I'm talking about. You would, but then every time you would see them, even before they threw it, you'd be like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, because like, you know how dangerous they are. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Um, I liked Riri Williams a lot. Dominique Thorne oh did gosh. a great job. I'm actually Cute. looking forward to her show now. And I wasn't expecting her to have such a don- like a prominent role in the in the the storyline, but she really yeah. was like a big part of the story, and she was so fun, so great. Yeah, I thought she was great. So yeah, I think my main issue is that it was just it was too long, and I also thought that because of the length too, it's like I I don't think this is a spoiler, but let's just say there's not a lot of Black Panther in this movie called Black Panther, and I get it, like we need a character arc, but I just feel like maybe that could have happened sooner in, yeah. the nar- in the narrative. And because it was so long, like maybe if they would have cut some stuff, it could have happened sooner and then we could have gotten more Black Panther. Yeah. yeah. And and obviously you guys should you guys should know this because Marvel themselves basically spoiled it, but like Shuri is the new Black Panther. And based on the ending, it just kind of seems like, at least what I took from it, it feels like, oh, like she's done with Black Panther already. That's what it seemed like to me. It seemed like she's like, Okay, I had my run in the third act, and now I'm hanging up my hat as Black Panther, and someone else is going to do it. I don't know. It felt like it just kind of a weird choice to me. Um, yeah, like it was unclear. But, yeah, but I will say, I think that all the Chadwick tributes were really well done. They were really and, well done. And it wasn't corny or anything. The mid credit scene 
Oh my god, is very sweet. It's very sweet. You and Morgan were bawling. Um, I was. I was. Oh my god, it was just. It's. It was a really good choice. I think. It. Le- it I think so a too. I think so two. too. It, yeah, it leaves a question or two. Like I'm not going to spoil anything. There yeah. are some questions, but like it was a really good choice, and I just thought all the Chadwick stuff was really touching, and really yeah, well it was. And I and here and we kind of talked about this throughout um recording this podcast where we were like this movie's cursed and so like yeah. <laughs> stuff kept happening while they were filming with considering Ray got all into that a big accident and like it turned out well <laughs> yeah it turned out great so i was like afterwards i was thinking about it and i was like we thought that movie was cursed and i was like yeah no it came out pretty damn good i think so i realized after seeing this that i've seen every comic book film to come out this year because there's none left and i've seen them all and I think this is probably my second favorite of the year. <gasps> second? I I don't know if I hyped it up giving enough, racism. but the Batman was really good, you guys. Which is ironic because that's three hours long and I just said that films need to be shorter. Yeah, I was going to say, because but... we talked about this at work too and Daniela compared it to the Batman also. And she said that the Batman kept doing this thing where she thought it was over and then it wasn't over. And she said, um, well, kind of forever kind of flowed better. So like, the length didn't feel like it was as long. And then she was like, but Batman was so long. <laughs> it was good though. Anyway, I'm glad you liked it. I liked it too. I loved it. As a black, um, I'm glad I liked it. <laughs> oh <my laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to wrap this up by moment. talking about my media moment, which is also a film. <laughs> it is the recently released film, My Policeman, starring Harry Styles. <laughs> <laughs> That just dropped on Prime Video. I think they were going to do a theatrical run. And then once the reviews came out of the festivals, they were like, we're not. Really? Oh. Uh, yeah, I don't think they played it in any theaters. <laughs> I think it went straight to Prime. Oh, my God. Um, That's so embarrassing. But, yeah, I watched it. So I was debating. <laughs> I was like, should I include this on my, like, 30-second game? Or should I make it my media moment? I was like, I'm going to make it the media moment because I have things to say. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who don't know, it's based on a novel. It's it there's two timelines there's like the one takes place in the 50s in england and it's harry styles is a policeman and he starts up a relationship with emma corrin's character marion and there's also patrick who's played by uh, david dawson and patrick is clearly gay but since this is like england in the 50s you know there's ways like you navigate that Mm-hmm. and it's a love triangle basically because harry styles falls in love with patrick and they start sleeping together marion doesn't know at first but then she finds out and it's dramatic but then we're also flipping back in uh forward in time to like i think it's supposed to be the late 90s where marion and what was harry styles character's name genuinely don't remember it's harry <laughs> styles um they're still married and patrick is moved in with him because he's sick and marion is like caring for him so it's jumping back and forth between these two timelines i did not like that choice i felt like it halts all narrative tension in the 50s because mm-hmm. it's just like it takes you out of it and all of a sudden it's like i mean i don't say this in a mean way but then you have these, just these old people like roaming around a house it's just not very exciting well and i feel like it kind of ruins the tension because then you kind of know how they end up in a way kind of but there's a thing where it's like there's something that marion did that you don't know about until the end 
and it kind of explains why she has this guilt that is having her take care of Patrick when he's older because Harry Styles' character wants nothing to do with him. And you're like, wait, what's that about? Because you guys were in love. But um, I didn't like this movie, you guys. <laughs> it was <laughs> so I kind of have an issue that's not really the movie's fault, but I wanted to talk about it. I'm really over like closet narratives. I think they're kind of like they've been done. I I can imagine they're how like maybe black folk feel about slavery movies. You know what it is? I feel <laughs> like because people think that like LGBTQ stories don't perform well at the box office, the closeted story is like the next best thing. And so it's just like run to hell. Like we've done yeah. it over and over again because like that does well. But then it's like as soon as the characters are like out and happy, people are like, no. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. It's like it's all done in the same tone and tenor. Like, I mean, granted, you're it would be very inappropriate to like do a slavery movie as like a musical, for instance. But like, think about how all movies about slavery are usually like dour and, and sad. And maybe there's a little bit of hope in them, but it's about like suffering. And I feel like closet movies are similar and like they're always sad and like gray and tragic and they can't be together. And I'm just I'm kind of over it. And with very few exceptions, like I, very few exceptions, like Carol, I think is a good one where that actually is kind of a happy ending, even though it's also a closet story. Um, yeah. But so there's that aspect of it. I think it's tired. And as a result of that, like there's just nothing new in this movie. And uh, Harry Styles is not good in this movie. You guys, I definitely think his acting career is over. Um, he's actually, I hope it is. Honestly, he's he's better in Don't Worry, Darling than he is in this. Because here's the thing: really, he has more on his shoulders in this. He is the policeman. Like, hello, he's not the darling, and Don't Worry, <laughs> Darling, but he is the policeman. And so this whole love triangle centers on him and his character, and it's very confusing because he lacks the depth to convey passion for anything, and so. This movie that's supposed to be about this guy who's pulled between this man that he really loves, but he can't be with because of society, and this woman that he also loves, but not sexually. He wants her to be happy, but like, you know, all that, the way he performs it, I genuinely can't tell why he likes either of them. Mm. Honestly, I think just based on like the physical. Obviously, he likes having sex with Patrick. There are multiple sex scenes. You do see Harry's butt. Um, <laughs> but like in the emotion of it, it's like you seem like you don't care because he has zero ra range or he does have a range. It's like talking normally or yelling like he didn't. Don't worry, darling. Um, so it just doesn't work that well. I think the person who comes off best is Emma Corrin in this movie, who, of course, got a lot of notoriety for being Princess Di in The Crown. And oh. yeah, they're really good. I learned that they use they them pronouns. They're really good in this movie and they like do the best they can, but the script is also not good. So mm. I don't know. The, be the best part of this movie is whoever did like the production design and everything. It looks great. I love a film that's set in the 50s. Um, mm. So yeah, but it was mainly a waste of time. I kind of couldn't wait for it to be over. And I guess I could have turned it off because I was just watching it at home. But I wanted to see it through to the end. You know, yeah. I was like, is Harry going to get any better? Very noble for you. <laughs> Very noble of you. 
I truly hope his acting career is over simply just because I'm getting tired of him failing when I know that he has talent. He's just like using it in the wrong medium. (laughs) Yeah, it's like it's going to affect his reputation, I think. It's like you accomplish so much in music. Just stay there, please. He's such a good performer. And like seeing him on stage, he's absolutely electric on stage. I think if he's going to make a movie, he needs to make one of those concert films because I would watch that. (laughs) Or just I would say, you know, I would say to Hollywood and to Harry Styles. Give him one more chance with something that's not a drama, please. Yeah. Because he can't do yeah. drama. Put him he in a musical. He would be so good in a rom-com. Or a rom-com, yeah. Musical or, or a rom-com. Maybe one more chance with that. But other than that, no. Yeah, Your experiment has failed. Fail. I don't you know can't who do dramatic is, acting. but they need to be better. Yeah, so it's 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 kind of it's kind of sad, but whatever. It's just like a nothing movie. Yikes. But Which I feel like I was know, kind of expecting. I wasn't expecting it to be good. As soon as they said Harry Styles, I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> You're <done>. Fucked up. <laughs> Which is sad because I love my birthday buddy, just not no, in movies. Sorry. Which also I I totally forgot that he's gonna be he was in Eternals. And so now I'm like, oh, oh God, now he's, he's gonna be no. in Marvel. <laughs> no, no, but here's the thing. He's not gonna be Marvel. That's that's what yeah, he's and th- not. that's what I've been thinking about. I've been like, after all this going down, they could easily just do without his character. No, they have they have two reasons not to do it. One, Eternals flopped like critically, and two, Harry Styles' further acting roles flopped critically. No, so I, I feel like he is not. They're coming watching back. and they're seeing how bad he's doing. Yeah. And they're like. But that's the thing. Well, I don't know. His his character had like two lines in the movie, so I'm not going to say if he's It was the end credits him. character. I don't yeah. think he's coming back. And I'm fine with it. Come back yeah. so, I, I'm fine with it, too. I was excited when it happened, and I was like, oh, my God. And then he kept doing <laughs> stuff, and now I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, I literally yeah. forgot that he was in Eternals. Like, let's just stop. Let's please let's stop. Make a and, documentary. I'd watch that. And let's stop. let's stop with this episode because it's been really long. Oh my god, it's been a really long time. I can guarantee you that this is our longest episode yet. Zach, and again, we're not sorry. Okay, but here's the thing. I don't think I don't know if you notice this, but like we've gotten really good at podcasting. We don't say um or like nearly as much as I we feel like I do, to. but it's that's almost, just my regular vernacular. But, no, but you don't actually like when you're talking about specifically when you have something in front of you, you don't at all. Like when you were playing I'm like the a game, performer when you were doing <laughs> the game, you didn't do it at all. And it's like if you go back and listen to our season one episodes, it's kind of cringy because we do it a lot. And so I don't cu- I don't have to cut that out, cut that out anymore. And at this point, it's like when we're recording and if something is said where I'm like, oh, maybe we should edit that out. I like note it in the moment. So I don't have to, you know what I mean? So don't worry yeah. about me. It'll be okay. Okay. And um, I know you love listening to yourself talk. I do. I was going to say that being said, I will still listen to it before <laughs> it gets posted. <laughs> You're going to be like, oh, um, I'm funny. <laughs> maybe. But anyway, we'll, um, We'll talk to you guys next week. We're so happy to be back. Um, yeah. Also, let's call oh. attention to the awesome new artwork that Ely made for us. Oh my gosh. Damn. Photo by Nick Bailey. I'm so yeah, sorry. Yeah, Nick took the photo. photo Nick took the photo. Don't forget. Yeah. But Zach it's... and I are just so used to doing self timers in the park <laughs> that this was like we completely forgot someone else took the photo. <laughs> but also, props to you for like the idea because we took this while we were at that Great Country Farms on Halloween. And we just randomly were walking past this, like, they have this empty, like, 
hover boat craft thing just yeah. sitting in a field and you saw it and immediately you were like let's I had a vision you guys you were like let's take it in the car and I was like which oh my God. I often do I often do have a yeah. vision so <laughs> I think it's I think it's great good job thanks this is my passion graphic design <laughs> is my passion <laughs> so anyway see All you right, next we week yeah, I got a piece so fucking bad. Oh my gosh, your baby bladder has been struggling. Okay, I everyone. I drank this whole glass of beer and this whole 32 ounce <gasps> oh water bottle. Oh my God, Zachary. I'm on the verge. <laughs> wow. Okay, well, let's say have a good night. Oh yeah, have a good night. Bye. <laughs>